can't even pretend we haven't been being stupid before we started, sorry. Space. <laughs> the final frontier. These are the voyages of the USS Adequate. Our ongoing mission to review every Star Trek episode and movie ever made until we are sort of cancelled and replaced by something better. To seek out new guests and make them very uncomfortable. To boldly go where quite a lot of other Star Trek-based YouTube shows have gone before. You thought I was on permanent shore leave. You were wrong. I have returned. It is I, your host, Captain Goodwill of the USS Adequate. I have returned to mop up the array of tissues and various bodily fluids that my host, Science Officer Sinoid, has left all over my ready room. And Those were Twix wrappers and you know it. <laughs> why was there a Snickers involved? How are you, Science Officer Sinoid? <laughs> I'm tired. I am very tired. You look drained. I, I'm I'm so drained. I'm like literally what I'm trying to find a Star Trek reference, but I'm too tired. But it's literally like it's like I've had the salt. The, the what is it? The you've had the salt monster suck every little yeah, bit of it. salt. Yeah, that's it. That's how I feel. It. That's it. Wow. You know, my complexion is improved though. Uh, no, I'm. I've People had pay like good three money for that. hours sleep. I've had three hours sleep, and then maybe basically at the end of the night last night, because I was doing the RuPaul's viewing party as the guest. Hmm. I got to the end of the night, and then the the manager was like, uh, "You've got like four, three drink, four free drinks that you're allowed, and you haven't like had any of them." And I was like, "I don't want them to go to waste." So I oh, basically gosh. downed like four like double crackers and cokes, and then I was like, "Time to go home." And it was not a good idea, if I'm perfectly honest. But uh, yeah, and then four hours sleep and work today, so it's Can been you... fun. And then trying to get back here because the metro was being a nightmare. So literally. Guys watching, um, I got here about 10 minutes ago and we had to set everything up. I had to change my shirt uh, because the metros in Newcastle are terrible. Anyway, how are you? <laughs> um, yeah, I am also tired. Um, I've had a how probably... Was Riser was, oh my god, um, yeah, it was amazing. I have had a few weeks off, obviously. I have... Um being in the uh, United States of them Americas and I did not want to come home it was beautiful it was hot I got incredibly sunburned as you can probably tell by my rather sexy nose I think um, you got that sunburned but your nose did it was like everything else like everything else looks fine and you posted a picture where it was just like red and I'm like okay ironically the sunburn came from the coldest part of the trip San Francisco um, but it was in incredibly hot. And yeah, the sunburn was... Hang on, the Geesian from the planet Honk has sent something. Sorry, no, I can hear the rain outside. The rain? Yeah. Lorraine or the rain? L Lorraine Kelly, she's oh, outside God. my window. She's like, Heathcliff, it's me. Would you like to come on me breakfast show? <laughs> That's it. I'm like, no, no. <laughs> and you know, I forgot to magnetize the the windows. I, I forgot to elect electrify the windows so yes. she can get me. So someone's oh, forgot right, to anyway. attach her ankle tag. Um, but yeah. <laughs> she's. Next. I actually heard about this. I, bizarrely, I heard about this on one of these like uh, podcasts where they basically talk about things that are in the news. Hmm. And it was basically that a guy tried to fake his own death, but he was wearing an ankle monitor, and they were like. <laughs> You know, and literally he tried to fake his own death, set up like a car crash and stuff. But then they were like, yeah, um, you're still moving. <laughs> you know, like you've you walked off. 
and, and I'm just sitting there being like, he's either... Yeah. <laughs> Incredibly stupid or someone severed his ankle off. Uh, oh, God, that reminds me of like John Darwin from Seton Carew. What, with the, oh, with the kayak? With the, yeah, with the kayak. Well, they nicknamed the entire town Seton Canoe for a couple of years because of it. <laughs> and he was like, I faked my death, but then I lived next door to the house I used to live in. And it's just like, really? Um, we, we don't have the smartest cops in the world. Hello to everyone in the chat. We have got Damon, the famous handsome Canadian actor from Strange New Worlds. We have got the lovely Joe from Captain's Quadrant, formerly of Spectrum Sectorum. <gasps> We have got <laughs> Beth, the serial killer. We have got Christopher. We have got Peaches, 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 Peaches. <laughs> where the hell is Lee? Why is Lee not here? He shall yeah. be punished in my Yeah, where's dungeon. Lee? I, I can't... Yeah. Yes. Hmm. He will be in the Umax uh, dungeon. <laughs> See, yeah. that's it. It's the fact of, obviously, me and Kirky... Um took the reins last week and that was uh not a disaster i watched well, you guys though, that kind of guy. i, I watched <laughs> you guys um in the menswear section of target in that's actually the recommended location it it, it really is it's, it's yeah. surgeon general's warning um to to watch it in the fitting rooms um <laughs> best enjoyed in the menswear section of target and Obviously, it was on my speakers, and uh, someone walked past and went, Is that a British accent? No, no, he's mentally deranged. I went, oh, yes, okay. yes, it is. It does not sound British. We have more than one <laughs> accent. <laughs> is that a British accent? It doesn't sound British. Then why did you think it... <laughs> this is why they have guns in Target. You know, this is... This is like, you know, where you just go... It gets oh, better. I know why you sell crossbows. Yeah. That makes sense. It, it gets better. I got called a dumbass leaving the Glendale Galleria because this woman was walking in the middle of the road, not even at the zebra crossing, just walking in the middle of the road. And I naturally slowed down. So I'm mm. just sat there and I'm just like, come on, come on. And then when she crossed the road and I was driving away, she just went, you dumbass. <laughs> and I was like, huh? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> why? Oh, I... I... <laughs> See, this is the problem. Should I have mowed you down? Yeah, that's it. That is the correct course of action. And she's like, please, I need the insurance. Yeah. <laughs> just throws herself at the, the car. I can pay for my house. But, you know, <laughs> the health crap. No, okay. Right, I, um... I really I really love how you've you you know you're, you've been in America. You've been having this wonderful time. You've gone through all these amazing experiences. And all I've done is go, what's the food like? What did you eat today? What's this? You know, like... All of the amazing stuff and i'm just going like no i'm a fat bastard i need to know these things it was um yeah i had a lot of red meat um thus making pooing <laughs> even harder um it was yes um, it's a national sport over there isn't it it, it really is um, mm. however in california you can clog a toilet really easily don't ask me how moving on the pancakes were um absolutely uh, <laughs> 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 hold on can you say that no we don't a, yeah so the pancakes uh, the pancakes rather delicious cinnamon toast pancakes I actually have to say, I was at a promoter's house, like, uh, what is it, a couple of weeks ago, and she made me, she was just like, oh, like, I'll make breakfast. Uh, oh, do you want, like, um, French toast? And I was like, oh, um, what, what's that? And she's like, oh, it's um, it's basically eggy it's bread. Eggy bread. Like, yeah. yeah, practically. 
Uh, and then when she served it, she like put maple syrup on yes. the top. And I was like, what have you done? You know, and I, and I was a bit like, what, what have you done? And then I had it and I was just like, you crazy bastard. <laughs> you know, this is amazing. <laughs> but it was just like going, I have never, ever considered this yeah. before, but it was great. Joe, I think Joe can confirm um, that the French toast is probably uh, one of America's only contribution to society. That and the ability to turn right on a red um is is one of the few contributions to society but no that we have americans in the chat we're just we're just blasting their entire country oh they agree with us it's fine um but no it was it was a fantastic fantastic time getting to because uh, I'd been to San Francisco before, but getting to walk along the Golden Gate Bridge was mm. almost spiritual um mm. it, it's being a is it that long yeah um mm. that's where the sunburn was being a trekkie <laughs> and it's like you, i know it's weird but you're like i'm stood where like starfleet should be and it's weird this is like our hogwarts more or less um and getting to walk along the bridge and just enjoying the the sights uh and and like just being there was it was it was wonderful and um mm. not gonna say anything but I am back very soon, and uh, that's, <laughs> that's all I'm going to say about that. But However, I think the coolest thing, though, you got to meet Mark Cartier, like in I person. Did. I how did. Cool, how cool is that? And and I love that you know, like I was just like, was he was he nice? Because it was that whole thing of going, he's too nice. He was Mark a Gardier. bastard. Yeah, I was just like, you know, I was literally going, okay, days until Mark murders Goodwill, you know, <laughs> and now I had to flip the sign back up to like. Not soon enough. Um, no, uh, he is a... Mark is a wonderful, hilariously funny uh, human being that has got a penchant for top-shelf whiskey, um, which I don't blame him. Um, mm. I won't go into any more detail than that. Hold on, hold on. One more detail, though. Okay, A, I was really impressed that you got to meet Wash. Who, if anyone, if well, you should all be watching and listening the Shuttle Pod Show, but the Shuttle Pod Show has their mascot. I don't, I don't know if it's Wash more, is yeah, actually, it's more of a mascot now. It's Wash. I don't know if uh, Wash is like plant. more actually the brains behind it. I wonder if Wash is like the actual mastermind, really, and that it's some kind of like Wash has mind a child. controlling Mark. Wash has a child. What? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A, a trekking up north exclusive. For everyone there wash has a child uh yes i like i said i i won't go into um too much detail um i will say i sat in the very chairs that the shuttle pod crew sit in and the upholstery on the pillows is actually from the enterprise d it is the very cushions that jonathan frakes and patrick stewart and Councillor Troy planted their buttocks on throughout TNG. Planted their buttocks on. I got to nestle my lumbar on Jonathan Frakes's cushion so I can die a happy, happy man. But yes, Mark is a really, really awesome dude. Um, and I had a wonderful time. And yeah, I will be back very soon for classified uh projects so that's all i'm so excited however science officer sinoids we are here to continue our unhinged deranged alcohol fueled review of star Mm. trek lower decks with 
episode six, not five, episode six <laughs> of Star Trek Lower Decks. It's like we're referring to a mistake that was made yeah, earlier. We should not like mention <laughs> Episode six of Star Trek Lower Decks is Path Ferengi's Heart Place. That's oh. definitely not a reference, is it? It's it's all of it is absolutely amazing. This is this is such a good episode. But before we move on to it, I just want to say, how, do you have any thoughts or feelings about the previous two? Because obviously you weren't here when me and Kirky kind of blazed through the last two episodes. But like, is there anything you'd like to say about them? Because they were great. Episode. Remind me what episode four was, because I've slept since I've watched. Episode them. four was the Orion's, wasn't it? Oh no! Yeah, where we basically get to see what Tendi yes. Tendi has to go and find yes, her and sister, Marinette and then the stabbed. other one was yeah, yeah. <laughs> several and then times. The, and then the other one was uh, in pathological uh, po- probabilities. Probabilities, yeah. Uh, that was a, a Tillin episode that I classed it as. Um, Which is great that Tillin gets an episode. You I, know, like where yeah. she she just slotted into the cast. I I really like Tillin. I love the whole Loxana Troy references. That we had all the way through. I desperately need, um, uh, what was it? It's uh, what was it? It's Romulan Ayla clock somewhere <laughs> hat because all I got from America was just this Wait. San Francisco Giants death to the opposition, as Wolf said. And I did say that at the, at the game, but I had to say it muted because there was um, security. Uh, oh. so. But yeah, we did pulverize uh, the Padres, so I'm good about that. But uh, yeah, it was episode five was was really really good, Uh, and I like the twist that they all thought that it was um, the Betazoids causing all this, but it was actually Mm. Tiddlin herself uh, with her unfettered emotions, which were emitting um, essentially like like more or less pheromones, weren't they, which were affecting the crew. Wait, no, it's it's the sort of thing of it's basically the same thing but with different words. You know, I would yeah, like yeah, yeah. I I love how like at the end when they're taking the betazoids to the transporter, they're like, Oh, we're terribly sorry that we sort of mistook your psychic disruption for another race's psychic disruption. And it's like so it's basically the same thing, but with totally different names for the disease. Yeah, but... it was yeah, it, but every episode has been a good episode. My only criticism and this will bleed into episode six is mm. that it's been six episodes and we are no further forward about the mysterious ship and i'm just like you could at least we do get slightly further with this one though because as we'll get into we do get a slight hint we when do. it's the thing but in this it, I, I just love though like what i said about the orion episode is that Lower Decks is amazing for going, hey, here's this kind of undiscovered or unexplored like part of the law. Let's yep. actually explore it. And so we got to see a lot more about Orion culture like than we did on Enterprise. Or they even did on made a reference Generation. to that. Yeah, they, they um, even, Boiler made a reference where he was like, oh, we, we got to see this planet no one ever gets to see. And it's like, yeah, because yeah, we've, we've never seen um, Orion. Yeah. When you think about it, the being in since but the then, beginning. Yeah, and then in this one, we get to see Ferenginar. And you've got to admit that in Ferenginar, we have, we see two places on Ferenginar in the entire of Trek so far, which is basically Moogie's house. Moogie. And then the actual Moogie <laughs> that's going into it. Yeah. And then what is it, the big bank? I've forgotten what it is, but it's basically the 
Halls of, you know, the Halls of Treasury where the Magus works. Uh, FCA, isn't it? Which, again... Is it, oh, is it the... Oh, well, it, okay, it, we get it to the FCA it and screws we get to me see up. It screws me up because in England, we have something called the Financial Conduct Authority, which is also yeah. the FCA. So every time <laughs> I had meetings with the FCA when I worked for a bank, I was like, you goddamn Ferengis. Um, Do they introduce themselves like Zek? Uh, like, um... Zek, yes, and they're No, all... not, not, Ze not Zek, what's his name, uh, who... Uh... Brunt, oh. liquidator Brunt. Yeah, FCA. that's it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and fun fact. James, um, FCA. <laughs> the Financial Conduct Authority are all played by De Jeffrey Combs. Um, so, uh, so, <laughs> I'd be so good if that was true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My name is Gary, FCA. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> okay, I'll let you continue now. Yeah. I'll take a, that, that was the first tangent. Season four, episode six, Path Ferengi's Heart Place. If you get that reference, leave a comment below on what it's about. Also, as well, before we do get into it, if you haven't already, please smash that like button. Hit subscribe if you're not already a subscriber. And you see that little bell? See that little bell? Just, just, just like... Oh, just, uh, Give it a little tickle. Little tickle. Little, tickle little, the bell. Little caress. Little caress. Flick it if you feel brave enough. But just give Don't it a flick tickle. Flick it, you'll, you'll drive it wild. No, but that helps that the algorithm. It helps the algorithm. So, please do I that think. and share this video with as many people as you can to let people know just how unhinged me and Sonoy's are what you should do okay now obviously i don't condone violence but you should print off every single frame of this video into some kind of book get it bound at a printer's and then just smack someone in the face with it which is the equivalent of watching something and i found out that out last week and when they are recovering in intensive care from jaw mm. reconstructive surgery you can use it as a flip book yeah, and then it's you know, and the you know they can relive the nightmare. They yes, PTSD mm. is for everyone. <laughs> so the episode opens on. Do we have to put not actual medical advice there or something? So... What do you mean? I'm certified as a warning. Yes, uh, Christopher the says. Noise, FCA. <laughs> Christopher says it's about an NHS hospital that accidentally opens a Reese Mogg's office. Dot. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Woof. <laughs> Jacob no, no, no. Reese Moggs suggests nothing exciting happened. It suggests that it died alone. Um, but Reese Moggs oh. is a tellerite. Okay, so the episode <laughs> opens uh, on a Ferengi ship where a couple of officers are discussing why they are throwing out all these lovely, delicious weapons that they could sell <laughs> for a massive profit. And they explain that Grand Negus Rom has decried that no weapon sales shall take place. And the captain of the ship thinks that Rom is the next... Ferengi version of a Pope, I would like to say. He's the next... I, yeah, we haven't heard the this name before, have we? Like, it's not like... I, I assume it's basically the Ferengi equivalent of, like... um. Oh, no. What's the head of the uh, Klingons called? The Great Warrior for Klingons? Um, yeah, I think it's like the Ferengi, you know, like... Because remember that they mentioned, like, the first uh, Grand Nagus. Mm. I, it might be like that, but... Um, but I, I love that they found a Genesis device, which is just a little... A portable little Genesis device. A and portable... I'm like, who the fuck is creating portable Genesis devices? Just, just can you imagine just sort of just opening that on a random planet? Like on Earth, just being like, time for a reset? I mean, obviously we live in Tory Britain, so I can understand the sentiment. I mean, but... yes, please bring it over. <laughs> uh... <laughs> oh, well... <laughs> Time to restart the game. One pound eighty a litre for petrol. <laughs> right. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it's a lot if you're watching in the US and Canada. That's a lot. 
I, I love how in America they're like, oh, I can only drive across the entire of the states, you know, and you're just like, what? Six dollars <laughs> a like, gallon. We can't afford to do Six dollars a gallon is still under a pound a litre. That's all <laughs> I am saying. Um, so yeah, they found a portable Genesis device. Um, as they are like, well, what do you do with that? And the alarm goes off because a mysterious ship is appearing and it's about to attack them. And what is that mysterious ship? It is the Krusty the Clown Face ship that we have seen <laughs> in every god, nearly every goddamn episode so far. It wipes them out, but just before it wipes them out, there's talk of treachery aboard the ship. I, I, I love it where literally before we go to the scene where they get called to the bridge, it has like one of them just, you know, one of them just being like, ah, now time for my plan. But it's right on time. Oh, with that, that thing, he, he basically says like right, right on time. Not yeah, that yeah. song from the 80s gets right on time because they were Italian and couldn't write properly. Um, But yeah, it's basically the, that's an obscure reference. <laughs> but yeah, basically, but it suggests this is like the biggest little hint we've got is that this ship is something that can be communicated with and that the Ferengi have actually had some kind of dealing with them. Or just this Ferengi in, in particular has had a dealing in order yeah. to usurp control of the ship in or vis-a-vis a Romulan which, plot. Which suggests that it's some kind of conspiracy or at least it's some kind of insurrection type thing mm. rather than something that's basically just come out of nowhere and is just attacking things if it's actually had communication with things. So it's a little bit of a step, but but it is the, the whole thing of this series where we literally, this season where we literally get every episode nearly has a, a different race being attacked. It'll be Cardassians next week. I'm, I'm calling it. It's all Krusty the Clown's fault. Uh, so the next... uh, also hilariously is that the ship appears they go oh let's run away and then the same thing happens where it basically fires on them and hilariously I lost connection on Amazon Prime because I was watching on my laptop uh, I lost I lost connection on Amazon Prime at this right at the exact moment when the screen went white when the beam was hitting them and I thought it was meant to be part of the show so I thought it was just like it was at this exact moment that he knew he'd fucked up and then I was like Oh, I need to press play again. Oh, never mind. Re record scratch. Yeah, that's me. You're probably wondering how I got into this situation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. It's just like... Instead, it was it was a Waterworld arcade game moment where it's just like, game over, insert 40 quarters. <laughs> uh, <laughs> which, by the way, just a second tangent of the night. Why does Universal Studios have a Waterworld ride all of a sudden? <laughs> They're desperately trying to get the money back from the film. The film, came out in the, early the film came out in the early 90s I got there and there was a water world ride Is it just drowning? Is it a ride or is it just death? But Sonoys, this is a recent addition <laughs> No, that's it <laughs> They're just like, oh well, time to end it Let's go on the water world Like, like what? I, 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 if anyone is able to explain why all of a sudden Waterworld has got a ride, please let me know because this is an obscure film that very few people will know about. And they had ones for like the the Disney pets that in New York that talk mm. or something, and then they had a Trolls one and stuff, and then fucking Waterworld next to Hogwarts, and I'm just it, like, it does feel a bit weird that they're sitting there being like. What big franchise under our belt could we possibly make a ride on and that loads of people would be interested in? And Waterworld. You know, yeah. it's just it's like a weird a weird flex. Ironically, like, next Waterworld's the... not even become cult. Like but, it's it's one yeah. of those ones where like you know how like years later you're just like, oh shit, but actually uh 
it got kind of you know it's got famous over time or stuff yeah that's not Waterworld. <laughs> like no one is going oh it's a hidden classic and ironically it was next to the toilets so yeah <laughs> um hold on did you just go to the toilets and think it was Waterworld? that's exclusively why i went to universal for the <laughs> toilets they have nice so, flooring okay. They have a decent yeah, flush. So we, we are, so they can uh, handle the have, red meat. Um, we have not properly uh, hung out uh, for a, obviously like properly this week. We've all we've had is nerdy up north meetings uh, this week. So this is like therapy. This is our ther- therapy, therapy section of talking bollocks. There's Lee Davis. As soon as I mentioned Waterworld, an obscure movie, he's there. I did. Yeah, I think the only thing I've mentioned is like the, the toilet in LA was like a captain's chair. So I was just like, yes, this is my. <laughs> This is Engage. Yes, <laughs> tried to, but um, the next <laughs> so start at five eight nine zero one point five. The Cerritos and the USS Toronto are above Ferenginar as the Ferengi Alliance has applied for Federation membership. Ooh, this is good. This is very good. The Admiral, who we don't get a name of, although we do have mm. a name in previous episodes, but we don't get a name in this one. Well, it's because Ad- Baldies don't count. Yes. The Admiral thinks that this is going to be a cakewalk uh, because it's Roman Lita and that the essentially the Ferengi Alliance have been losing ships to a mysterious threat for a while. Mm. So they'll be desperate to do trade. And he said it's a cakewalk. It'll make Moab 4 inside the dome look like Moab 4 outside the dome, which is a reference to the season five episode of TNG's The Masterpiece Society. I love, I love that. I was like, I should know this reference, yeah. but I didn't get it. It's the one where the that. ones inside the dorm are genetically altered mm. and genetically acclimatized to um, living there. So I was like, oh, yeah. that's, that's that's a nice good cut. Um, <laughs> Freeman is obviously cautious of the negotiations because they are Ferengis. They are yeah. in it for a good deal. These are these are essentially EE mobile phone salesmen in space. <laughs> okay. So we've had well, no, no, not quite as treacherous. No, but we've had the evolved, yeah. the evolved transdimensional species of Virgin Mobile in Strange New Worlds, oh, where God. they were, where they were trying to get. Now EE, the nightmares returned. The nightmares returned, and now EE have got their own race of uh, unscrupulous <laughs> phone salesmen who are like, you really want the iPhone 15 Pro titanium? And I'm like, no. So <laughs> please leave my house. Um, yes, but I think what the, are you doing I, in my I, toilet? I think that engage. I think the key thing, though, is that um, <laughs> I think the key thing is that they're not just dealing with a Ferengi; they're dealing with a nefarious Ferengi and also a former Dabo girl, Roman Lisa. So, so technically, it's even worse. Technically, you know, no one is safe. I loved this. This is we we discussed this before we came on air. How. Lower Decks can make a cameo just blend in perfectly without making a song and dance about it and just be yeah. like, hey, yes, all these people still exist in this universe. This is a living, breathing world. So you will see or hear about people that you know from other series all the way through mm. because they fucking exist and they are doing their own thing. That's why Mars O'Brien, the greatest athlete officer who ever lived, has a <laughs> statue. Do you know what I mean? And it's it's that sort of thing. Um, yeah, so it's 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 like what what I was saying to you is the fact of like it's not like the Simpsons where they went, oh, we've got a special guest, and that's the entire plot. 
Like yeah. we can use that to just wing an episode. This isn't like, you know, it's not going, oh, we've got a Roman Lita. Therefore, the entire episode is that. And it's like, no, they are in literally the B plot. Is it even the C plot? I think episode? it's a C plot, if I'm honest yeah. with you. And yeah, it's a massive cameo. Getting fucking Lita back, getting mm. Rom back. These are like... These are big names in terms of Trek. Like, we haven't... Like, I know Lita does a lot of conventions, but it's the fact of they're the people that we wouldn't see in Picard. Cheers, and Masterson. people would like to see it. Yeah. Cheers, yeah. She is... She is great. Have you heard her speak at the conventions? Yeah, She's like, she has attended a few, and she is really passionate, uh, really appreciative of the fans. That is, That is someone... Yeah, like if you, if we ever got to a stage where we got to interview these people, that is someone who I would absolutely have on what as one of the first guests because she absolutely kicks ass. That and Roxanne Dawson and uh, uh, Bob McNeil, Tim Russ. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Those, those types Tim, of guests. That, that's it. Tim Russ is amazing, but it's like I I just love that Lower Decks uses it's celebrities like this where it basically slots them in it doesn't make a song and dance it just goes yeah they're dealing with a fringy where and and this episode gives us an extension of deep space deep space nine law literally a deep deep spice law the deep spice that's <laughs> he who controls the deep spice <laughs> that's the june star trek crossover. oh is that a birmingham is that a birmingham accent is that a birmingham accent well you're watching deep spice nine Deep Space Nine. <laughs> so, and on. it's basically Deep Space Nine, but all dubbed with Birmingham accent. It's Benjamin Sisko. <laughs> no, no, let's not go down this week. Who's that cow? Who's that cow with a tea warmer on it? That's Kai Win. Can you imagine just if Star Trek had, like, you know, the Mirror Universe and had the Brummy Universe? <laughs> it's just like. They meet alternate versions themselves, which is from Birmingham. My name's James T. Kirk of the Starship Enterprise. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, it's... The United Federation of Planets. I love it. 30, 31 minutes and we've totally derailed. <laughs> Uh, fuck the Tories. But yeah, so we... Um... Speaking of which, because the Tories, Birmingham is bankrupt. Yay! Oh, well, I was going to get what the train down there, but... Um, <laughs> the... <laughs> Maybe then I would have got my luggage. So, uh, yeah. Carry on, carry on. I'm gonna carry on, that's all I had left. If you don't know the story of this... Uh, British Airways lost Goodwill's luggage. So Goodwill... Not only mine. The... Not only no, mine. No, the whole fucking place. The whole... Like the bar five you, people. You, you, you'd you stacked your luggage full of goodies from America. And then they're like, Hi, sorry about that. But, um, yeah, it's somewhere in America. We don't know. I'll give you a top tip, everyone, guys. Right. This, <laughs> this, is, this is a Goodwill top tip. Sale. Never, yeah. Never, ever piss off a Geordie. Okay, because we were at this, we were at the baggage carousel, and these this one family got all of their luggage, and then the carousel stopped, and then this BA woman, I shouldn't really be saying BA, but this this woman from this airline that associate, we shall call them Nittish Furways. BA sounds like an insult. It does. I ain't getting on no plane, but uh, 
they then said, the plane is clear. And to which this Geordie woman just went into a tirade <laughs> in which made my bollocks not only get into my stomach, into my throat. Because wow. I actually thought she was going to jump over the counter and... and lob someone because she was yeah but 95 well, people we're not that virile we're not we're, we're no. not that acrobatic but but 95 people lost the luggage including me and uh, it took three days to return and when i got it my delicious food was crushed and um completely destroyed but uh, yes i got i got my luggage back but, but, but why t tell everyone why the luggage wasn't on the plane because this this United Kingdom um, airline company decided that but we would, haven't mentioned already was, called Nittish, Nittish Furways um, decided that it would be a bang up idea to pack the entire cargo hold with one family's luggage and legitimately the entire cargo hold with one family's luggage and then leave the rest of ours at Terminal 5 um, which I do not get Wait, it, it's a very, it, you know, I was saying to you that this is really strange. I love how we've totally gone off topic and it's my fault. But it, it's the fact of, I love how uh, we, that was, that was very camp. Oh, it's fine. Don't, don't worry about it. I was uh, nearly about to camp in Newcastle Airport, oh. but go on. <laughs> go on. Oh, we're well, going anywhere now, Anthony Holly. Like, be yeah, home. <laughs> But no, it, but it was the fact of, like, they were obviously moving house. They'd taken all of their luggage over, like, their sofa and shit like that. Yeah. And taken up the whole thing. But you're like, BA, surely, whatever they're paying can't be as much as you're going to have to shell out for to get the other luggage out, get it delivered to everyone individually, and the compensation for going, hey, you know all of your stuff? That's, you know, that's really... Because the amount of people who probably have connecting train stuff like where they flew into Newcastle and then went down to London or something. Yeah, that's like this was why would you accept that job unless they flight. were literally paying like a million pounds for it. This flight was In which case why didn't they just get a chartered plane? Yeah, but this but... this this flight was from London to Newcastle and people had connecting, you know, cars, taxis, buses uh, to all over the northeast of England. Mm. So it's sort of like why would you intentionally piss off 95 people? For that, the the logic would be we will allow two suitcases per person, as as they said to to the rest of us on board, and yeah. then we will chart like the next available flight. We will put yours on, and you know we may put half of it on the morning flight, half of it on the lunchtime, just to do that. And I I don't know how much they paid, but all I know is that they were very smug and then one of them mistakenly said we are missing two suitcases to which the Georgie woman just went full on feral um, and security was, was drafted in. They didn't act but they were drafted in just in case this woman yeah. went full um, yeah, Derby Day I mean, shall we if, say. If, if this family was sensible they would have had the foresight to have about 90 children in which case they could have put like two cases each I mean, you know, it's just, it's a lack of foresight. It's a lack of forward planning. <laughs> damn you, pull out method. Uh, <laughs> damn you. If they, if only they were Catholic. Anyway. Oh, God. Can we get back to this show? <laughs> okay, back to Star Trek. Um, yeah, so Rom and Lita are aboard the Toronto to do the negotiations to join the United Federation of Planets. Um, and in order, like, to begin the negotiations, they offer a bust of the Admiral. Uh, which is a bust of good fortune, and then they also offer the invoice of the bust of 
good fortune. I, I love that they're yeah. charging people for gifts. They're like, here's your Christmas gift, and here's the bill for it. I've, just like... <laughs> I've been on the end of that, like where someone's really? like, I've got this gift for you, and you're like, I really appreciate that, thank you. That's £50, please. And you're like, it's not a gift. Oh, it's not a gift. You, you that is a purchase. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like an unwanted purchase. That, a forced purchase. Yes, that, that you you are you are forcing me <laughs> to buy something I didn't necessarily want. But okay. Uh, <laughs> I just love it though, because it's the most Ferengi thing. Like it like really the, like I was saying, this is basically where we're getting to see a lot more fun stuff about Ferengi culture, as well as the evolution of Fre uh, Frankie culture since Rom became Grand Nagus and basically Which is brilliant. up a lot. Yeah, yeah, it's so much. It's adding to the lore so much. And I don't know. Obviously, I haven't played it, but I don't know if Star Trek Online does this. But it's the idea of just being able to see the impact that like uh, Rom's rule has basically had on the Frankies is great. They they don't elaborate on it a lot in the. Fer I mean, there are Ferengi obviously in there, but they mm. don't elaborate much. But I think what's happening is. Um, very much since Picard season three, Star Trek Online has sort of had to say, hey, we are our own universe because so much happened in season two and three. Like, Picard is like 35 years since the next generation. Yeah. Star Trek Online is like 10 years after that. But they've had to go, oh, well, we're a different universe. That's why things don't look like how they do in season three. That's why we don't have the Ferengi mm. in the Federation, blah, 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 blah. Um, and it's sort of, it's its own thing. But the way that Lower Decks is sort of like, we know you love the the Next Generation universe. We know you love all these alien races, the world. So we're just going to explore the world, but not make a song and dance about it at the same mm. time. Because these are places that exist and they don't need to be like put at the forefront. They just like, yeah, they exist. And our crew is visiting them this yeah. week. This, this is why I like the, the second contact angle that they had in season mm. three, where they were like, oh, you visited this planet uh, in season one of the next generation. And yeah. they, one was addicted things going? One was addicted to drugs and the other one was the pimps, the, the pushers. <laughs> yeah. uh, how did it work out? And to see like the the pivot to like they got out of they, they went cold turkey and then they became the enlightened ones and then the actual pushers lost everything because they went broke, they t descended into chaos and were taken over by the Bree. And it's sort of like, yes, actions still have consequences 35 years down the line. And I think Star and the Trek... the Bree are still mysterious. Yes! Mysterious. The, I, I maintain the fact that they're, they're a race of um, Keiko O'Brien's. Imagine, Keiko clones. Well, that's, only that's Keiko the can maintain one. the cold, temperate climate that they're used to. <laughs> What, from her attitude towards her husband? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, in the cargo bay, Tendi and Rutherford are working on the shuttlecraft Sequoia. Uh, Mariner, mm. uh, Mariner is seeming very unhappy, very downtrodden. And playing with a self-sealing stem bolt, She's which is a reference to DS9. Yes, we do love our self-sealing stem bolts, which I, <laughs> I would love to know what they are, what they do. I, I just don't. No, <laughs> I don't know. I would love to. Do see you reckon the after. creators do? You know how when they when the Shuttlepod show had Armin Shimmerman on, yeah. and they were sort of asking like sort of so the Ferengi stuff like did Dabo ever get explained? He's like, nope. They just make it up and I just say the words, but there's no mechanics behind like a lot of the stuff. I'm pretty sure Iris Stephen Bear is just like, yep, yeah, it it's that. 
<laughs> and he's just like, okay, okay, Ira, you and your purple goatee, you can do whatever you want because you created the greatest <laughs> Star Trek series ever made. Yeah, so <laughs> Ransom comes in and tells the uh, the Lower Decks crew that they are all on travel guide duty, which is what Mariner thinks is a myth, but really what it is is when they discover a new world or they are updating their records for a non-federation world they create a travel guide in which the crew go down and they explore everything that the planet has to offer and in this case it is Ferenganar so Mariner basically says oh it's just a free reign for Starfleet to foot the bill to us to go to every bar pool hall pub hotel bar pool hall pub that we can <laughs> how many times you mentions bar <laughs> but then Ransom's like and museums and that but yeah it's mostly bars so Mariner takes naturally takes up that role. Boimler is assigned to visit um, all the landmarks, all the uh, tourist attractions, the historical places, and like how many how many do people normally do? And he's like three or four. And he's like I'm going to do forty. <laughs> and I'm like yeah. I, I I was when I watched this, I was feeling Boimler because I was just like I've been everywhere. I've done. To be fair, I've I've got my notes here where Boimler immediately after this Boimler runs out, runs out the room screaming, "I need to make an itinerary," and I'm like, "This is Goodwill." I'm just like this is goodwill before you went to America. I did I did 101.25 miles in 2 weeks walking Did the walking. steps app on your phone break? Um the steps app sent me a message went dude chill. So, <laughs> <laughs> How are you alive? Have a donut. The um <laughs> so yeah so Boimler gets to do that and then the last uh, task is that they need to ex uh, they need a couple to explore uh, Ferengi romantic spots and tourist attractions. And since the Cerritos is statistically the horniest and least romantically committed crew in Starfleet, it's led to Rutherford and Tendi. I loved the fact that Ransom is just like, yeah, we are just all horny as fuck on this ship. <laughs> yeah, we are all sluts, like non-committal sluts. And you just yeah. Having... Okay. <laughs> so, transfer? Uh, <laughs> I, I I'm in the gay community. It's pretty much that all day. So uh, yeah. ah, but we'll get to that when we get to Ferengi television. It's really yeah. well. I I think the great thing is in this episode we see a massive ma we see a lot of massive changes because of Rom, which yeah. is that we both get to see women wearing clothes, Ferengi women wearing clothes as a normal thing, which is massive because the whole thing about Ferengi culture is that women always have to be naked and women are always subjugated. And always really? like lesser than men, and can't actually own things. Whereas now they're in women, they're, they're in clothing, they are treated as proper consumers, and they have rights. And and the fact of like that they even have these relationship things because it's pretty much that Ferengi marriages were kind of basically slavery. Yeah, uh, you know. And and now it's the idea of going, whoa, they have romantic hotspots, like, but women aren't allowed to leave the house. Like, it's the massive changes that like Rom brought to for like Ferenginar, which is great. So they fly down on the shuttlecraft to Ferenginar, which is all cold, wet, and rainy. So it's just essentially London with bigger <laughs> ears. So the... <laughs> well, I think the best thing is, are you going to say what Mariner says? Uh, not yet, because I'm going to reference all the stalls we see in the shots okay. in the next scene, which is um, all you can <clears throat> slug or caller, slam your caller in the galaxy, uh, acquire poor hom, 
which is the <laughs> fragrance that Loxana's um, butler, Hom, has made. Oh, Hom. Uh, Latinum Lost, uh, Maximum Umox Rub Dungeon. <laughs> if, if no one has bought that website yet, I'm very disappointed. I want that the T-shirt. And then Uncle uh, Uncle Quark's Youth Casino, and then the Lobes Lodge. The Lobes Lodge. The Lobes Lodge. That's where Boimler stays. Boimler Rutherford and Tendy stays. I know it's in the yeah. Umox Rub Dungeon. <laughs> <laughs> Can we just rename the podcast that? Can we just change the name of the podcast to Umox Rub Dungeon? Welcome to this week's <laughs> Rub Dungeon. dungeon. <laughs> Your ears may not be big enough, but my hands will take it. <laughs> but but I love that I love the idea that Fringenau is always described as one of the most horrible places because it constantly rains. It has an absolutely terrible climate. Then obviously the Fringenau used to. It's basically it's London, London. Or, or Edinburgh. Well, no, no leave Edinburgh well. alone. Leave Edinburgh alone. No, no, I'm not saying it's bad necessarily. I'm just Edinburgh is one of my favourite cities, but it's the fact of it rains a lot and it's kind of grim at times. But how many rub dungeons does Edinburgh so have? I I haven't experienced them all, but a few. Why not? You're a science officer. Investigate. <laughs> That's it. Is I'm going to do forty. <laughs> I'm going to make an itinerary. <laughs> But um, but no, Give me a I, I genuinely love both. When <laughs> when the ship lands, we've seen all these wonderful signs, all these amazing references that the writers must have joked about, all the yeah. designers have joked about. Uh, but basically, Mariner describes it as it's like what heaven would look like if God was stupid, <laughs> which, is, which is my favorite quote of this entire season. Also, a very religious quote for Star Trek as well. <laughs> Just, <laughs> this episode has some great ones. I think there's an amazing one. Uh, oh, there's a no, there's an amazing one later. Oh, from the bird. What's the bird doctor called? The Miglimo. Miglimo. I can never remember it. Yeah, Doctor. He has an amazing line later. Which he we'll really into. does. But uh, they all split up to to go do what they need to do. Tendy and Rutherford are going into the the foyer in the lobby of the hotel, and they're really excited and they're planning what they are going to do. You know how they're gonna like name it. Um, recommend i love this because he was like tendy i'm i'm gonna shout at the person when they don't get your burger right and uh, then she's like yes yeah. I'm, and then i'm i'm gonna wear your gym shorts and nothing else because we are comfortable with nudity and i'm just like fucking <laughs> hell dude <laughs> I, but i think the wonderful thing about this like uh b plot is the fact of like rutherford and tendy do obviously love each other they're obviously oh, in God, love yes. with each other like and the problem is they haven't quite fully noticed or accepted it until and then in now. This, yeah, and then when they're trying to like they're pretending to be a couple, they're just like, oh, this fits really well, and it's a bit like oh, <laughs> and it, yeah, and it's this wonderful sort of like how how Lower X makes something that's a joke like a comedy piece into actual character development, and you're just like that is very well done. <laughs> it's how they. Sorry, I'm just trying to lower my seat. I'm far too high. You can't get lower than me. My my chin's off the bottom of the screen. There we go. Oh, it's 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 okay. You you are a, a a rather large gentleman. I'm just an egg now. Hold you on. are an egg. There we go. Uh, oh my I'm god! Just an egg. He's Ignore a weeble. Me. He's a weeble. <laughs> <laughs> Do you wobble and not fall down? Uh, <laughs> uh, it depends how much I've drunk. So yes, so yeah, so they they suddenly realise and uh, they're like, yeah, maybe this is not a good idea. And as they try to leave, the hugsierge. 
uh, goes, ah, it's our Starfleet couple, and just makes a massive song and dance, like, they are benefiting from the couple's discount. And I was like, ooh, the couple's discount, ooh. So it was just like, shit. Boimler enters his room, and he's like, mm. uh, the for-profit minibar, the for-profit toilet, the for-profit machine, the pace for the for-profit toilet, and TV. <laughs> And I'm just like, if, you, if anyone's ever stayed in like a really shit hotel, this mm. is it. This is exactly what they are. Like, like, uh, what, the, what do they call them? Motels. Yeah. This is it where like, ah, you want a bed that massages you? That's like 25 cents to a dollar. You want to watch the TV? That's 25 cents to a dollar. You want to take a shit? That's 25 <laughs> cents to a dollar. And it's just like, <laughs> yeah, I, I sort of get it. And like, this is amplified on Ferengi now. Um, well, it, it's the idea of like obviously Ferengis in Star Trek represent like extreme capitalism. Oh and my the, god! You know, yes. and the idea of obviously like the closest we probably have here is like America, where it is a very very capitalist focused society, capitalism focused society. But it's the idea of like Ferengi is basically like the pastiche of it of the going like, hey, if you just took this to the nth degree, what would that be? And it's literally you need to pay to go to the like to go to the toilet in your own hotel room. <laughs> and, you know. Would you say they have to <clears throat> spend a penny? <laughs> so yeah, he turns on, on the TV. Fire. You're on fire today. I, I know it's really warm in this room. So yeah, he turns <laughs> on the TV. Oh, he's about to turn off the TV because he's he's going to do all these forty things that he's got to do, and then he mm. sees an advert for Sluggo Cola, <laughs> the slammiest cola in the galaxy. And I love the fact that it's like he the, the dude drinks it and his ears grow, and yeah, then his lobes like, grow. Yeah, Sluggo Cola. This happens to everyone who drinks it. <laughs> and then Boimler's just like, "Oh wow, they just lied to you." Yeah, <laughs> they just lied to you. But the great thing about this advert is it's literally a female Ferengi and a like a buff sort of macho Ferengi and then like a weedy one next to them. Uh, and the weedy one drinks the Slogo Cola, his lobes get bigger. They do the 300 just... kick reference as well. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then like the, the girl just falls in love with him and then just like 300 kicks the other Ferengi <laughs> into like a river or something. But it's the idea of, it's very subtle, but this is... A clothed fringy female being featured on adverts. This is a massive development from what it we saw really in the It really is. It 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 really is. But it's the it's the fa- what I appreciate is the fact that Ferengis have probably looked at twentieth twenty first century Earth television and went, "Yep." Yeah, <laughs> Just, what a great idea! What a after great the, idea. After the Federation's gone, let's get rid of that shit. Ferengi's after, like, no, no. But after the adverts, we get Pock and Dark Cup Lenlords. And I love that. Oh, You're late with your security fee. Pay up now. <laughs> <laughs> the whole show is fantastic. Do you love the fact as well? I, I also, I found this when I watched it the second time. There was a reoccurring theme that someone threw something away and it hit someone and all you hear is like, crash. Hey! <laughs> it's just, and it happens all the way through the episode. And I'm like, yeah. is it the same person? This poor chap that's going to these different things. And he's just getting... In the face. <laughs> <Hey>! <laughs> just these little these silly little gags throughout the episode are brilliant it's so fucking funny um what was that about so yeah at the bar uh mariner meets up with quem an old friend of hers um and uh, we've met quem before haven't we I'm yes sure we, we've had him before i think we did in an early season anyone mm. in the comments or live chat please prove us wrong yeah. 
Um, I'm just reading the chat there, and the first thing I see is F the Tories. Thank you, Beth. Uh, hey. So, yeah, Quem notices that Maradou uh, is now a Lieutenant JG, and he was like, oh, I didn't think you would recover after crashing at Orberth. For those not familiar, that is the Orberth class starship, which was first seen in Star Trek Three under the name USS Grissom. So, Quem suggests, it's good, oh, Will's fancy part. It's Trek time. Um, <laughs> notice my lower decks fleet behind me as well. I've got the Yosemite, the Cerritos, and the Vancouver, which is it's the same. Way. Um, also, little side note: um, <laughs> if we ever do Stargate. I do have Stargate ships now. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Was that was that from America or? No, it got delivered whilst I was um, in America, and they were just like, "There's no one in," and I was like, "I know, um, <laughs> I know." Yes. Put it in the back. Deliver it to my neighbour. <laughs> but uh, I didn't put it. Quite Why like have you made that so creepy? I didn't put it quite like that. But. Uh, <laughs> It's like it's like if the fucking like what's it called the hooded claw or something from the like, hood from Thunderbird, the not the hood from Thunderbird, not fucking they like have glowing yellow eyes. <laughs> um, so yeah, he notices she's uh, Lieutenant JG, and he's like, oh, you know, it's great to meet you. I'm thinking about a quiet brunch and then a, a light meal with a yogurt, mm. and she's just like, yeah, uh, three Cardassian tequila shots and a dagger, please. <laughs> and then she, he's like, uh, "Oh, uh, okay, but I guess we can do that." And then, like, she just randomly had a drink in her hand already. She's like, like "She just has a shot in her yeah. hand," and you're like, "What? <laughs> How did you get that?" Uh, don't, don't bother asking. <laughs> yeah, I just love that she's permanently carrying around a shot. Throws it. Throws it. Hits someone. <laughs> hey! <laughs> this pool. I'm gonna oh, say. No I'm gonna say now. It's Gary. It's Gary. It's, it's Gary, Gary the Frankie in the background. He's on shore leave, bless him. He's on shore leave, and he keeps getting pummeled in the face by various data pads and shot glasses. Um, but yeah, back on the Toronto, the negotiations have begun. Uh, and as they are talking, Rom interrupts and goes, do the Federation still play baseball? I love baseball. Because um, <laughs> he said Ferengana, it should be a thing in the clause that Ferengana should have its own baseball team. Hmm. And um, he then says that if he leaves the numbers in the contract, well, contract, but negotiate, like the, the terms of admissal, in, admissal mm. into the Federation uh, should be changed. And Lita pulls the Admiral and Freeman to one side and is basically like, look, you know, he's not very good at this, but let him just ruffle around the documents, open them up, let him ruffle around the documents, let him change a few numbers to make him feel like he's a company and everything. And Freeman is just like, Hang on a minute. <laughs> Hang on. This is classic dumb cop, um, yeah. idiot cop, uh, smart cop negotiator. They're trying to play us. They're trying to trick us. And the animal's just like, no, it's fine. He's a child. He's more interested in baseball than he is Wait, in it's cause, else. It's cause, and this is the wonder, wonderful thing about Rom, where basically, like, Rom has Rom is one of the people who has great development over the course of DS9, where yeah. he starts off being like a typical Ferengi, and then they actually just change his character. They they just straight up, like between seasons one and two, I think. No, it's actually mid-season one. They just go, actually, no, he's not that at all, which is obviously the writers backpedaling a bit. But where he he's like he's very He's very snide, he's very rude, he's very like that. And then they decide, actually, it's funnier if we just make him into an actual idiot. 
But then it turns out that he's an idiot when it comes to certain things, but then a genius, like an idiot savant when it comes to other things. He's sort of and like the, the yeah, he's sort yeah. of the counter to Quark. So when, obviously, yeah. because Max uh, Gid Gidrick, I can't. I can... Yeah, I don't know how you pronounce the surname, yeah. but I know it's Max. He and Armin Shimmerman both went up for the same role as Quark. Armin mm. got it, Max got the role of the brother. And then as uh, the season progressed, they obviously realized that the chemistry was good and they needed to develop rom but they developed him as sort of the anti-quark where quark was quark had street smarts and common sense mm. uh rom was sort of the engineering know-how so rom would be the brother that basically kept the bar afloat system wise the hollow suites system wise mm. and stuff and that's why he was he became an engineer with the bajoran um government yeah. So that's why he became that. So it was sort of, they played off well of each other because they both had strengths and weaknesses that they, they complemented each other with. So mm. coming from, if if you've never met Rom, I, you know, you can appreciate, Rom comes in and he's like, I like baseball. And you're just like, yeah, he's an idiot. If you don't read up on him and realise, actually, shit, no, he was like a high-up engineer on a Federation yeah. starbase that saved the skin of people on more than one occasion and whose son is in Starfleet. Yeah. And you're just like, that's poor research on the Admiral. Well, it's very much this idea of basically just going, oh, like, but this is exactly it. This is why, and I think it's great that, like, <clears throat> I'm going to make a weird uh, offbeat characterization here or whatnot, or analogy but the fact is it's like how school goes hey you need to do things this way you need to fit into this box in order to succeed and then people like me who are slightly neurodivergent who basically go oh that way you've told me to do maths doesn't actually work for me and i feel like a fucking idiot because you're telling me i'm doing it wrong even though i'm getting to the the right thing uh, you know, and the fact is, this is what we have with a lot of neurodivergent people in society, where they feel like they're wrong because they don't do things how society expects them to, even if they still get the job done. And very much Rom is basically, he doesn't do things for the Ferengi way. He He's not a typical Ferengi. He doesn't care about profit. But now he's the Grand Nagus and their culture is thriving. Their culture is doing very, very well under his rule. And he's an idiot by the standards that they started with so it just kind of shows that the standards are the thing that was wrong not wrong you know i wholeheartedly I agree and as and as someone who myself is neurodivergent i i faced that at school all isn't your problem through. that you're just from middlesbrough yes and chemicals do play <laughs> a crucial role but it's, it's more of a case of uh the when you knew when you are neurodivergent like i was i was incredibly smart at maths all the mm. way up to year nine in the UK, which is sort of like 10th grade, something like that in the U US. Um, and then things started to go downhill and everyone thought, oh, he's he's distracted. He's he's not mm. focusing. He's not paying attention. And I'm like, well, how can I go from the top of the class all the way down to the bottom? And I thought for the longest time I was, I was dyslexic with numbers. Like I developed a dyslexia with mm. numbers and I kept saying to him, I said... You're, you're putting these numbers on a piece of paper. I can't see them properly. Like They are moving around mm. on there. And for the longest time, and again, it's not an exaggeration. They'll go, no, you're just an idiot. You're not paying attention. Yeah. You're not focusing. And 
you know, why guys, don't you fit in this box? Yeah, and, like, and, why can't you do things like the way we expect you to? And, and guys, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I failed GCSE maths four times. That's like the equivalent of like SATs in America. Like, I failed it four times. It all, was only the last year of college where they were like, holy shit, he is actually dyslexic with numbers. And I'm like, yeah, that's what yeah. I have been telling you for the last four years but no one's it takes one person to to think outside of the box and go Mm. maybe he is and then they approached the the gcse's with a different angle passed and you're like yeah "Yeah, you need to take it like not everyone fits in the same box and dyslexia i mean there is normal dyslexia we you know there's loads of people with normal dyslexia number dyslexia is just the same whereas Mm. you see words jumbled up i see numbers and i struggle i mean <laughs> i worked for a bank for 10 years <laughs> um, but you know without that in help, school where they're like oh you won't have you won't have a calculator in your pocket in the like, future yes, you're like well <laughs> how about that i had a three million pound sophisticated system to calculate for me but it was <laughs> it's more even now today like when i do certain ids and it's obviously number based and you look mm. at it and it's like oh no there's four sevens and you're like no there's two no, there's four. I I can yeah. see four, but then when you type it out, there is two, and you're like, why does my yeah. brain do that? Well, I, I, I excel in other things that are not, like, number-based or maths-based, yeah. and it's like... But sadly, you have to jump through that fucking hoop. So it doesn't yeah. matter how good you are with other stuff, because society has dictated that you need to pass your bloody maths GCSE to get a job, and you're like... I, I what you know like yeah it, anyway but it, it's I think I think the great thing is that um well it's the fact of this is you know people downplay teachers and they go oh teachers they get paid too much or their job is easy that is utter bollocks teachers have a hell of a time and when you've got to think that teachers also need to factor in that and go hey I'm teaching a class which is way bigger than it should be thank you government funding um. And then you have to go, oh, and I have to make exceptional circumstances and different ways of teaching different students who learn in a different way in order to make it so that they get through. That is a hell of a task for anyone. And it's this idea of, like we're saying with the writers, like we're saying with pretty much everyone, pay them properly. Like, you know, we had luckily them though, on strike last year, yeah. you know. But, anyway. but, but luckily, <laughs> though, with that, with that good news, the writers are back at work. Some of them are back at work. Some of them have walked out of certain uh, (laughs) chat shows, which, you know, because that certain presenter decided I will work despite my writers being on strike, so we won't get into that. It's the turn of the screen. I'm sure his writing will be great. (laughs) It's it's the turn of the screen. Is he going to be talking like an AI? She. (laughs) She. And it rhymes with um, Pew Flarrymore. Um... Yeah, that famous actress. Yeah, Hugh Larrymore. Hugh Hugh. Larry. Is that in the Brummy verse? Yes, that... Hugh Larrymore. Um, <laughs> but the it's the actor's turn, and I I did my part when I was over there, showed my support with them because they were out in the streets and they were like, you know, let's, yeah, get it, let's, let's just yeah. get it done, and you know, you show your support. Wait, if you're ever in LA, you show your support supporting them standing there talk to them support them beat them as much as you can make life hell for the studios trying to do quiet work on set by just hearing nothing but beeps 
Um, but yeah, so support uh, the actors and hopefully the whole strike uh, can come to an end because if you don't, you're not going to see a lot until 2025. That's it, yeah. And that was the depressing conversation we had earlier where we are talking about how wonderful Trek is and you're like, well, we have season five of Discovery next year and, and then, and then nothing. And it's like, oh, that's kind of depressing. First hand, guys, first hand, the studios are extremely quiet. Mm. The car parks are empty. All that is there... Is it like the Tory party conference? No, because... Okay, it's not that empty, right? They're not all cunts. But um, (laughs) it's... Sorry. Um, No, no, you can. It it is... It is... It is... It it was very quiet. I mean, the people who were there support the the actors and the writers, which is only fair. Um, But it is very i mean it's it's brilliant if you want to do a tour but it's very very quiet and they are the same they want to go back to work they want to make the magic that everyone loves mm. but until these big wigs start delving into their pockets because they aren't and a lot of actors and the popular misconception is all these actors are rich bastards that live in beverly hills with two swimming pools 17 cats no, they are all working class people, just like me mm. and you, that live paycheck to paycheck to get the job done. That is their profession. That is what they train to do. And if nothing's being made, they aren't getting paid. All they yeah. want to, all they want is to be treated fairly, receive residuals where needed, and have better um, benefits. But the thing is, Hollywood is a house of cards. Yes. And like with any house of cards, if you start play- pissing around with the stuff at the bottom or even in the middle, it's all going to come down. And that's what we're, what we're seeing and what we're going to see if they don't deal with things. It's almost like everything in this country as well. It's like saying, um, it's like saying um, you are not allowed to go to Whitby. No tourists are allowed in Whitby. Whitby would die within a day. Yeah. Because that is their entire trade, is tourism. So, the goths. The, well... Yeah. Golf. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Goffs, <laughs> goffs and tourism, or goffism, as we'll, we'll, we'll call them. Um, but yeah, so so let's get this strike over and done with. Let's get these actors back at work because I need Damon on this stream. I need mm. Damon on, on Trekking Up North to talk about his experiences with Strange New Worlds. And we can't do it. We can't do it oh. because we are showing solidarity with Sagaftra. So is Damon. Yeah. So let's get it done, Studio Big Wigs. Let's Even if we off. try to like lure Damon in with like sort of I don't know what we do. We like maybe some like Maltesers or something. Do they have Maltesers oh, over no. there? No, I, I would say Skittles. Would it be Skittles? They have yeah, Skittles. Skittles. Okay. Yeah. Well, we like a trail of Skittles, and he's like, "Oh, but I mustn't." By the um, way, by the way, I can't. By the way, Skittles gummies. What guys? They're coming soon. But yeah, what's the point of a Skittle if it doesn't have the hard shell? Like that's the sweet. Doesn't have to be hard right. to have fun. Moving on, the um, free- I don't so- know what you've been doing in America, but <laughs> whatever it was, it was. I don't have to be hard to have fun. Whatever it was, it was flaccid. You could have made disappointed wife, sir. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sag after a uh, Fre- Freeman objects to uh, as she basically says to the animal, "This is clearly a trick." This is clearly a trick what they are doing. Uh, the Admiral disagrees and reopens the contract. And immediately, Rom and Lita are like, okay, let's go to Article 4, Subsection 2 in regards to yeah. this. And he's just like, yeah, you're fucked. <laughs> yeah, that's it. You oh. are fucked. <laughs> yeah. Boimler's room. He is gripped by Puck and Durr. Level of detectives. 
and I love that. Like one of them gets shot, and he's just like, "Don't die on me, don't die on me," until I've enjoyed the fresh taste of Sluggo Cola. And Boimler's <laughs> like, as if they advertise in the middle of the show with the Paramount logo right behind him, twinkling. Yeah. I love that. I was like, "Oh, I get that. That's a mountain from the the show." Uh, but I, I I love that. I love the fact that the, the next bit is basically the guy's just like, "You can't die on me until you signed over all of your actual." It was an honor. Assets to me. It was an honor to be scammed by someone of the likes of you. <laughs> and I just love that he's got the Ferengi. Bizarrely, like yeah, I was thinking about these yesterday, and then they appear in this episode. But it's Quark's little weird device that probably doesn't make any logical sense but he has a little handheld like like a pdq machine but like 20 years before we had pdq machines essentially yeah uh but then you basically put your thumbprint on it and it signs the deal effectively uh and i just love that he has one of them and he's trying to scam his dying mate the technology of dpd progressed into the 24th century that's all i well, think about saying. tablets think yeah. about tablets i was using a tablet the other day and i was just like whoa these were predicted by star trek that's weird a lot of things we have in today's society were based on Star Trek. Like, if you look at yeah. mobile phones, flip phones that we used to have, iPads and stuff like that, and it's just like, holy shit, like, Star Trek had this, like, 35 years ago, like, way before, um, way before we had... Oh, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, so he's, he's watching uh, Pock and Dad. It's like, to be continued, the end, question mark. And then it's like, yeah. stay tuned for Will They, Won't They, the office-based sitcom where everyone loves each other. And then we see our first homosexual Ferengis. I think I think it's great. It's like, literally, we, we have these two male Ferengi office workers and they're talking about how they're how they're how one of them like loves another one and then it cuts the other one he's like he's like oh, but i'm in love with you <laughs> and, then, and then it and then it cuts away but then we see more of it later yeah it cuts we, away to teddy and rutherford in their love suite and she's like i'm so glad everything's a love heart <laughs> i wanted i wanted to ask you about this because it's like in their in their suite okay on the on the bed, there's two bugs like linked around each other. I thought it Is looked that like a reference to something else. I thought it looked like tardigrades from Discovery. Th th that's the thing. I was like, I'm sure that's a reference, but I just couldn't think specifically what it was. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't pin it myself. Whether it was like some sort of Ferengi animal or something like that, but I couldn't really pin it. But yeah. as as they are Hopefully becoming someone watching those. Yeah, as they are becoming. If more you know, more, comment comment on this video or write it on a bit of paper and throw it in our general direction. What like is the pillow the bugs? Indian. Please send it via carrier pigeon to Redcar um, and watch the pigeon die of asphyxiation. The Huxierge <laughs> enters though uh, and asks them to get dressed for a photo shoot to show off their newly happy married life i think i think the whole thing is before this though it's tendy and rutherford are realizing that they're getting very uncomfortable with pretending to be a couple There's a lot and they're of going hmm. yeah they're kind of going oh maybe we should stop this maybe we should sort of like you know like come clean and then the guy comes in and he's like okay get into these outfits and we're gonna have like a romantic photo shoot and they're just like oh shit <laughs> Yeah, and it gets worse and worse, and he's like, "Now it's time for the lingerie," and they're just like, "Oh, we're late for dinner. Bye." <laughs> I love that they do they do this photo shoot like dressed in sort of evening wear or whatnot, and then and then he's like, "Now it's the lingerie," and it's literally one of them is just a thong, but with like a a like, blue cup. A, yeah, a cup on it, and you're like, "What the fuck is this?" And then hers like Madonna spiral 
bra. Oh my god, it was. Yes, it was the Madonna bra. And it was just like going, okay. This, I, I love that I actually saw one of those today because um, I was today I was uh, last night I stayed around Treat to May's house, and basically like I was going through. It's it's an amazing drag name. It's an amazing name. And and uh, they were as I was working today, uh, they were sorting through some of their old outfits, and one of them literally was a red outfit with spiral tits on it. The Madonna, <laughs> like, bra. Sort of Madonna spiral tits, and I was just like, "What? What do we do? <laughs> what is this?" <laughs> you, know, like... uh, you put it on. <laughs> The next scene, or just like, what is? Why do? Why do we do this with our lives exactly? Like you know, just because it's fun. <laughs> Be honest, it's it's fun. It is. It. I think it's very it's very much that. But you do take a step back and just be like, hang on, what the fuck, <laughs> you know? But anyway, over but at no, the library. I, uh, over at the fucking library, Ferengi drinking helmet. This is the second drinking helmet we've had in so many episodes. I love the fact that we're just. I mean, why is Paramount it has not the making lobes this? On. Yeah, it has why the is lobes Paramount? On it. Why is Paramount not making good enough merchandise at the moment? Yeah. Where is my fucking Borg salamander? Where's the fucking uh, Moopsie? Where is the Romulan ale o'clock somewhere? Yes. Where is it? Um, These are all t-shirts. We need to go on one of those websites. You know, like T Fury or whatnot. Oh. Can I? There is someone at my door. I am so okay, sorry cool, about yep. this, guys. Can I'll you, take charge. That just didn't badly last sorry, time. Sorry, could you just vamp for a or second? Or do we still have the crashing ship video? <laughs> I'll be back in a minute, everyone. <laughs> yes. Can we ban fireworks, please? Oh, no, Beth, is it? Oh, is someone setting them off again? You were saying the other day that basically you, uh, people were setting fireworks off and it was upsetting your little doggy Nova. But yes. No, sorry if we are going massively off topic this episode. It is just, it's very good to see Goodwill again. And it was an incredibly good episode. We are really being spoiled by this. And I know that some of you in the chat are like, you're watching these episodes for us to listen to us, even though you don't actually watch Star Trek. But I would definitely recommend watching Lower Decks. You don't need a massive knowledge of Star Trek. It's a nice little bonus if you do like you know you know these little references we get where it's like no right that's that but the essential thing is that it's a fun and funny show to watch that is yeah it's it's absolute phenomenal entry level trek i think and then hopefully like we've had with a few of you it makes you go hang on I, I, I like this wrong guy. I like Ferenginar. I like all of these things. Let's watch DS9 and find out all about these things. And I think that's the wonderful thing about Lower Decks. But yes, uh, we were talking the other day about what we're planning once Lower Decks finishes, because we're going to go back to the Dabo wheel, but we were talking about having a monthly thing that sounds very fun. Like So we're thinking about doing that. We still need to flesh it out a little bit more. But uh, yeah, and we need to cover some of the movies. We were talking about how we haven't covered any of the Trek movies properly yet. So we're definitely going to do that. What's Chris saying? References are lost on me, but it's interesting. Well, that's the thing. It's like the idea. You started season one from this. Amazing, Christopher. But it's, uh, yeah, it is. It's, the, it's it, you know, that extra little thing where you're just like, I'm enjoying this. But, you know, like, uh, it's like when you watch a, a movie as a kid and it has loads of adult humour in it and you didn't pick up on it and then you rewatch it now and you're, like, going, 
Oh, I get that joke now. <laughs> right. I'm going to say I'm, I'm going to say this right. Yeah. 3 years I've lived here. 3 years. Mm. There is the name of the road at the end of my driveway. There yeah. is the name of the road at, literally bolted onto my house. Why do mm. people still deliver McDonald's to my address for something that's like way up the road? Hold on, why, why are you turning down McDonald's? You're just like, yes, that is totally where we live. No, no, oh, I, believe oh, in, I believe in karma. I think he was taken not... aback at the fact I was wearing a full Starfleet uniform, but hey-ho, never, <laughs> never mind. Did sorry. he yell engage or did he, did he climb, put your leg over him and yell Riker? I was like, sorry, I'm busy. What do you want? He was just like, oh, got a delivery. And I was just like, it's not me. I haven't <laughs> ordered this. Go away. Well, where is it? I don't know. You should be like, I'm doing a podcast, Christ. God. <laughs> Sorry about that, everyone. I was, I, was just telling, I was just telling the chat about um, how they should definitely watch Lower Decks because it is oh, wonderful God. and how 100%. we are thinking about changing the format a little bit by having a regular monthly-themed episode and mm. how we're going to cover a bit more of the movies. But obviously, we won't say more about that yet. But the, I think, yeah. We... we... There are plans. There has been discussions. Yeah, there, 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 is, there has been discussions. and um, don't, don't say too much. Don't say. It, it will be fun. That's all I'm going to say on that. Uh, yeah, so we're in the library and Mariner is... I left just... my makeup wipe on my page and it's actually rubbed out some of the words. Oh, no. <laughs> Before we started, I was trying to get my eyeliner off because <laughs> I still had some. And now I'm just like, oh, well, don't need those notes anymore. <laughs> it's okay. We, we shall wing it as we always do. But uh, Mariner is getting pissed in the library. Uh, she is wearing the Ferengi hat, which, again, as I've just said, why is Paramount Mate. not stepping up on the merchandise? Why is it no? It's Romulan Ailer clock somewhere. Merchandise. You you get these episodes out, and the first thing that fans like me are going to go is, where do I get that? Where do yeah. I buy that? And if you don't do it, Paramount, Etsy will. So, yeah, what are you doing? You can't make anything. They're all on strike. What are you doing? Anyway. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah they yeah. should definitely be doing it. Like, But this is the thing, though. Like, bloody uh, Konami only started doing merch. I just got an email now, okay, from the official Konami shop, basically going, hey, it's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, like, uh, merchandise for the video games. And you're like, why, is, why did this not exist 30 years ago, exactly? Like... Yeah, you know, and he's just like, it's finally Castlevania T-shirts, and you're like, where, where was this in the '90s, you fools? You know, they did this with Metal Gear Solid. They were like, we've yeah. got a merch store, and I'm like, cool. Um, it's not 1998, so they did Silent Hill. I literally dropped about 200 quid on like four Silent Hill items because obviously the the postage is like a fortune. It was like 50 quid postage. No way. And is it from the yeah, US? Way, yeah, yeah. Wait, it's really no, it's really weird because they have these amazing items, but they seem to be from random places. So, for instance, like I got, I put like a T-shirt in the basket, and it went like, okay, that's five quid delivery, and you're like, oh, it must be coming from the UK or Europe or something. And then I put like a hoodie in, it goes, oh, that's like thirty quid, and you're like, oh, oh, why isn't that in the same place as things? So I think some items are in America, some items are. Like over here, I don't know. It sounds it was like very they, confusing, though. It sounds like they are the uh, they are the, the the distributor, but they are acquiring from locations Different where they, that they're not pooling everything into one warehouse and then just like, mm. oh, we've got thirty orders of this, and they'll send them over to them, and then they'll send it to you. And I'm just like, 
makes no sense, does it? Um, <laughs> yeah, so a Ferengi accidentally spills a drink on Quem, um, and both really apologetic, and there's this really big Ferengi, like this biker Ferengi, as we find out, which, by the way, I feel is a link to Biker Mice from Mars. He does look a lot like a biker mouse from Mars. It does. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, but to be fair, like, just to spoil it for anyone who wasn't sure, the name of this episode is a very obscure reference to the British comedy show Garth Marenghi's Dark Place, which is the most obscure thing I would not expect Americans to know about. But then Americans constantly surprise us by knowing what Red Dwarf is and knowing what the IT crowd and stuff is and just being like, okay. And they are fans of Doctor Who, which I will never, ever get. So, Well, yeah. that's Doctor Who in general, but moving on. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> Mariner, Mariner steps in and she just she fight wants me. a fight. She wants a fight. You can tell that she's been gunning for a fight all the way. I'm not biting you. Um, the... <laughs> I love though that the the, the the biker is like, oh, I'm so terribly sorry to have disturbed you. Yeah, Let yeah. me buy you another Let drink. And drink. she's like, I'll be the shit out of you. And it's like, it's the the total opposite of how this encounter would usually go. Yeah, and it just descends into a massive bar fight, which is where Mariner feels more comfortable than anything else. Um, Christopher Reed says, Americans are discovering Matt Berry and his work. It was inevitable. <laughs> Matt Berry is just... He is... A delicious buttery crumpet on a cold Tuesday morning. <laughs> That's what he is. I I actually love that I regularly quote Matt uh, Matt Berry because like he did like a random advert on like you know he does the the ad libs for um you know the adverts for Absolute Radio. I and love stuff. them. Yeah. Yeah. But one of them, he's just like, he's just like, come to this festival, see the cold play, see Lady Gaga. <laughs> you know? And it's just like, and so I'm permanently referring to her as Lady Gaga all the time. Madame Gaga. It's <laughs> just like, it's just him ad libbing yeah. on this advert. He does some great things because he's like, you know, I'd, I'd be honest with you, I don't normally text. I'm more of a Snapchat kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> we are never going to get through this episode. But we will get Matt Berry on. So help us God. Um, <laughs> you are listening to Nerdy Up North. <laughs> well, hello. Actually, bizarrely, I got a dra drag queen uh, plastique messaged me like literally earlier today saying, hi, I'm doing like a one woman show at, at like a theater tonight, but I forgot to get an actual intro done. Could you record an intro that I can play before my like theater performance? So I literally had to do a sort of, uh, what is it? Good evening and welcome to the show. <laughs> and I sent them, sent them that and it's just like going, we are so unprofessional as a collective. I was going to, like, I'll, I'll tell you when we're off air because I, I can't, I can't share it with the lovelies. It's confidential. Okay, but yeah, uh, yeah you, you'll enjoy it. Um, so yeah, back on the Toronto, uh, the Admiral is getting absolutely scammed by Lisa and Ron. Um, Rom suggests moving the negotiations to their palace because that's where all of his baseballs are. And the Admiral agrees. Friedman's like, yeah. what are you doing? They are clearly trying to play you. They want you to be as inconvenienced and as stressed as possible so you, you'll just sign anything. And they're just like, oh, we can't let Starfleet down on the simplest of tasks of getting this negotiation done. So he agrees to it. And he's just yeah. like, dude, come on, you're an Admiral. <laughs> 
How shit are you if you can't Wait, see the screen? Have we had a competent admiral yet? Like one of them lost his ship in a fucking rock. <laughs> Kirk? <laughs> Picard? Picard's an admiral now. Is he? Yeah, admiral. Oh Picard. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well no, actually, actually is Picard a competent admiral if we go by season three. Uh... <laughs> you know, it's like it's it's an enjoyable watch. What's that competency? <laughs> uh, do we have a competent admiral? I think the only competent admiral was in conspiracy, where they all got fucking taken over by like aliens. That, that seemed to be an actual plan. Jellicoe in Prodigy, maybe. Oh, actually. Hashtag mm. safe Star Trek Prodigy. But yeah, yeah. yeah comment below ones. if you have an idea for a competent admiral. Who is your competent admiral? Leave it in the comment below. Um. <laughs> Uh, next scene is Quark's Federation Experience Bar and Grill. Do you want to note all the references that I've got? Oh yeah, go for them. The music for a start. The Star Trek music from the motion picture. We've got two NX class warp nacelles. We've got the Guardian of Forever, the Vulcan set with the bong. We've got ten forward. We've got the USS Voyager and the Enterprise D hanging up. <gasps> And we have that weird creature from the original series who in Lower Deck starts masturbating with his horn. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> Rutherford and Tendi are sick of pretending to be a couple and they just want to go back to being friends. As they agree to that, the hooksiege. Hold on, hold on. Before this, we have uh, an amazing line from Tendi, which is referenced the, uh, oh, look, all the people are wearing the velour uniforms that used to catch fire. <laughs> And you're just like, whoa, okay. The movie it. era uniforms. <laughs> all velour, all the time. <laughs> yeah. Let's be honest, Monster Maroon is the best uniform. Well, you, we were saying with Joe, weren't we? Was it Was it Joe or was it uh, Sean where we were talking It'll about the Sean. idea of they are the most rare thing? Like it's it's 100% Sean. Come on. Sean does not have a normal <laughs> wardrobe. It's all Starfleet uniforms. Time to go to the bank. What officer class should I be today? Every photo he's posted so far is either been in a Picard jacket or a Starfleet uniform. That guy has got swag. Yeah. And he's got a Moopsie t-shirt <laughs> now as well. Yeah. He's a Moopsie t-shirt? He's a Moopsie t-shirt. Did you, did you not see the comment I made? A creature that can... I've too... Yeah. A creature that can destroy all, destroy all life in existence wearing a moopsy t-shirt so the um <laughs> so yeah um they're at the federation bar and grill and they agree to uh, just be friends as they say that the hooksiege comes up and he's fuming because the waiter has left the non the 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 standard menu for the bar and grill and not the romantic package bar and grill as they are about to can we just mention what a pile of shit valentine's day menus are when you when you realise that if you're on a date, don't go out on Valentine's Day because every restaurant you go to goes, hey, it's a set menu today with two shit options. And you're sitting there and be like, could we have the normal menu? No. And you're like, why did we come out today? <laughs> you know. So don't ever go out on Valentine's Day because it's a pile of shit. Bold, Carry on. Bold of you to assume that I've <laughs> I don't done know why that. I needed to say that. I was about to say, I've never done that. Um, <laughs> I'm a virgin. So the... <laughs> I'm with Virgin. It costs me like £55 a month for internet. Well, yeah, because the mm. trans-dimensional beans, you fucking idiot. Get rid of them. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, 
<laughs> get rid of these parasites from my my computers. The uh, so yeah, they as they are about to admit that they are not a couple to the Huxiage, it's found out that another Ferengi couple have been discovered not to be a real couple and that they are only doing it to take advantage of the couple's discount. And they are banished for life in the sub-aquatic sulphur mines. And then he comes back and he's like, sorry, I, it's the worst part of my job, but I love abiding the law. <laughs> I, I, I think he says something very equivalent to one of the things I regularly, regularly say, which is... Uh... What is it? I don't make the rules, but I brutally enforce them. Yeah, yeah, brutally enforce But, you know, it's just the idea of he's just like, oh, well. And then they're just like, so what is it you wanted to remit? Oh, just that we are now super in love with each other. And he's like, good, it's <laughs> time for the main course. And he's like, sexy chocolate statues of each other. That <laughs> they have to eat. <laughs> with the Madonna boobies. <laughs> That they have to eat. So dumb. They have to eat at every, every bite. They have to name something that they like about each other. And they can't lie because the chairs will detect if they are lying or not. <laughs> it's the dumbest. I, I, I love how extreme this is. It's so stupid that this exists where it's like to the nth degree that they're having to sort of like pretend to be a couple. Like it's it's almost a challenge of this how is like, properly they have to this be. This is like if ITV2 had its own planet. Oh God, you're right. It is. Yeah, this it is, is like yeah, yeah. what's it called? That uh, Love Island. It's oh, like that. Like, well, but planet. I think it's quite funny though that like we're talking about how Rom has changed the Ferengi Empire, uh, and basically they've basically gone. Oh, women have equal rights now. We can profit from that, uh, and now they're like they're, they're making money from love and relationships now, rather than it being this one-way street like it previously was. And you're like, well done, Ferengis. Well done for managing to that, like that's... turn all of this into a plus. That's progress. <laughs> yes, is it? If a planet was run by Rupert Murdoch, <laughs> the next scene, um, it's all right. He'll be dead soon. It's fine. The... Yeah, no, is he still is he still alive? Yes, but he's retired, so yeah. Um, I don't know. Never. That mind. should be a national holiday when it happens. But <laughs> but we all just burn copies of the sun. <laughs> Fire men into the sun, not the not the star, the offices. The, um... I'm just so glad that we haven't managed to make this episode political or anything. <laughs> Uh, succession was a documentary. Anyway, the next scene sees Quem bailing out Mariner out of jail and they are walking towards the Dominion War Monument to Lost Prophets. No, no, we don't see this. You've spoiled it. Oh, because this, this, oh, yes, yes. this scene is wonderful because we literally have them meeting and there's like a, a wall behind them where it's got loads of Frenkie crying. And loads of like sort of numbers like jumping up and down, and it looks like the stock market. So it's all these like different stocks and shares with numbers next to it. And then it's got all these fringies like hammering their fists against it and crying. And then and then later on it cuts out and you see a sign saying Dominion War Memorial. And it's like, aren't these the name of dead people? It's like, no, it's all of the prophets that were lost during the war. It's like the, the friendly don't care about who died. They just care that their stocks fell. So the much last money. <laughs> it's, oh my God. The writers just get it. Oh. They're, they're just like, it's so funny. I love the Ferengi. 
Um, but yeah, Quen basically says that Marina is just angry about anything and everything and states that she's in a perpetual state of immature rebellion and that she she just needs to realise that she has everyone there to support her and she has a network there and that she just needs to get out of this immature state mm. because she no longer needs to be in that state. She she And I mean, she has for the last four years. And she's always, ever since she's been promoted, she's just waiting for a way to get demoted. But everyone is now trying to support her and go, well, no. No, you are not allowed to, to stay in this vicious cycle that you have stayed in for so many years. We want to make you a better person. Mm. With the fact of, like, Mariner's whole thing is that she doesn't want to be high up because she doesn't want responsibility. Mm. And she doesn't realise this. Like, she doesn't... She's... She wants to be like total, you know, like no one relies on her at all, even though she's amazing, mm. because that's an easier life. And and she's kind of being forced into it. And like, you know, what we have now is she actually has a crew that's going to support her and friends that are going to support her and go, hey, actually, we don't want you fucking up. And it's a weird experience for her. It's very daunting for her as well, because she's got the anxiety of more responsibility, more consequences. Mm which is something that she, she doesn't want. I've, I've certainly been there, and I think we've discussed it in the past, where you just like you get comfortable um, in, in, a, in a certain place. But you yeah. need, to become a better person, you need to take yourself outside of that comfort zone. Well, it, it's literally the idea of, you know, how birds learn to fly kind of thing. Like, mm -hmm. it, you know, they, I, I think now they've changed it, where they actually have YouTube documentaries that teach them. But... Previously, the birds just drop them out of the nest and they learn how to fly that way. Yes, but under, but Tory, Britain, of... under Tory Britain, they just kick them. Or... <laughs> I think they just smash the eggs. But, um... That's why Liz Truss stepped people. down so she could just kick people out of the nests. It's um, like, yeah. just, just Braverman just sort of like kicking a nest to bits. Suella Braverman just kicking sparrows, yes. I can see that. Um... <laughs> Pretty Patel just like throwing blackbirds off her high story flats. Yeah. Well, you know, she's got, got sick of kicking, you know, kicking dinghies back out to sea. Uh, anyway, moving on. Yeah. So... Smug cow. Um, the, yeah, yeah, so. <laughs> we're nearly at two hours, aren't we? We're like an hour and a half. We're fine. We've, we've got half an hour. It's okay. Um, back at dinner, Tendi and Rutherford are admitting things that they like about each other. They like their hair, um, and they pass. They they absolutely well, pass. They barely pass it yeah. because the fact is they just they admit stuff like they basically go, "Oh, I, I I like your hair. I like yours too." Okay, there we go. That does it. Yeah. Whereas you know for a fact that there was a lot more that they wanted to say. And then there's a plot twist where they're just like, "Oh yes, you've you've passed this. However, you now must consummate your marriage." <laughs> And they're like, not in public. No, not in public in the blind box, which is a shuttlecraft. <laughs> it's a shuttlecraft with a bed in it. Yeah, and they're just like, you know, we won't see you, but we'll hear you. And you're just like, what? What is this? Oh, with those ears as well, they'll hear everything. Yeah, with an entire restaurant of people around. It's just like... You couldn't have your cheeky tendies. Talking. You couldn't have your tendies while... Tendies! Ha! Oh, Sorry. Hold on, I was Sorry. Gonna say going for a cheeky tendies Ooh, you were ryan fancier you i inadvertently you, punned you green-skinned philanderer 
<laughs> oh, what is it with me and puns? I don't know. Um, I travelled yeah, five but... and a half thousand miles for a seal of approval pun, and Jake was impressed, so I peaked for that one. Um, Migglymore. Just, just before, just before they get in uh, to the blind booth, Migly Miglymo. Miglymore. Yes. I, I, I keep. I can't ever remember his name, but I, I've always Niglymo or Miglymo. But it's just like it still doesn't make sense. But yeah, he turns up, and as usual, as is his entire character, he fucks everything up. As the therapist should. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, he's, he's, you know, his species, according, apparently to him, uh, his species invented space travel so they could travel to new worlds to try new food. And uh, he, he encounters Rutherford and Tendi, and he's like, oh, they're the most platonic relationship on the Cerritos. Drop in a minute. Yeah, and then and obviously the what's he called the the Huxiage is just like what? Yeah, absolutely freaked Platonic. out. Calls security and Tendi in a in a best way possible is just like Miglimo. I can't believe you would do this to split up me and Rutherford. Don't you realize we love you? And he's just like <laughs> what? I, and he so, so she she and Rutherford pretend that they're in this weird threesome poly poly. Polyamorous. Huh, poly- polyamorous. Polly wants an amorous. Polly wants a cracker. Polyamorous. Poly- 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 polyamorous. Polly wants a knacker. Uh, oh. <laughs> oh, daddy. Not with that beat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 because that porn will exist and it's. No, no. Don't. There's a rule 34 for everything. Stop internet. But yeah, she. <laughs> Turn it off. But yeah, uh, but she makes it I love how this is even more chaotic than me and Kirby Wild last week. But yeah, but yeah, as uh, they do that, and obviously uh, Miglimo is just like, just just like, what? You love me? I didn't know. Like, yes, we we only pretended to be a couple so we could get the discount because you can't take part in it. But then, then, then they're just like, oh, but but now we've realised that we're in love with you, so we're gonna have to get divorced, and you've ruined our marriage. <laughs> And stuff, and they basically are, we can't contribute our marriage. We're going to get a divorce, and then they storm off. Then, <laughs> I love what and he says. Miggly Mo's like, oh, they love me, and then I love this next bit. Yeah, because it's literally um, the the Hugsigay sits Miggly Mo down and just goes, oh, you're going to be wanting our home wrecker package, <laughs> <laughs> and then he's just like, and then Miggly Mo says my second favorite line in this entire episode. Which is, you don't need to throw up in my mouth twice. Let's do it. <laughs> Which is a reference to last week where it had Miglimo trying to get the replicator to generate food that tasted like his mum was regurgitating. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm going to use this at every restaurant ever from now on. You don't need to throw up in my mouth twice. Let's do it. Oh god. Yeah, this episode is just fantastic. <laughs> Back at the palace where the negotiations have moved, they are going very poorly. To the point where Lita's reiterating, okay, so the new terms of the negotiation, we get access to every Federation ship, even if we don't join the Federation, and the Admiral has to dance. <laughs> so, <laughs> and he starts dancing, it's just like 
Yeah, he's in this really uncomfortable. What's it called? I think it's the. Uh... I no, oh. I, I'm not a dancer. Yeah. Have you seen me? I'm too white to dance. It, oh, he's. It's like a bit like a flossing. I think. I think. Is it flossing? Doing, but oh, God. I think so. Maybe. Oh, I'm, yeah, I, I don't. I'm out of touch with the kids, which is how you can tell that uh, I'm not. Well, I'm not in government. You, uh, you, do, you don't work for ITV. You're fine. Um, <laughs> I'm getting the word. This morning. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so Freeman comes back to them and goes, uh, I've made a slight amendment to uh, the agreement uh, whereby you will receive um, all the changes that you've requested plus half, uh, plus a billion bars of latinum as a signing bonus. The Admiral immediately starts freaking out, going, what, what, you, what are you doing this for? Can't afford that. We'll be oh, in debt forever. Yeah, and Freeman says, but there is one condition to this where you have to recruit one other planet yourself. And Roman, Federation. Yeah, and Romelito just like, ah, oh, and Rom's just like, do you not realise how many planets we're in debt to? This will be a walk in the park. And he's like signing it. And Freeman's walking away and say, come on, Admiral, we're done here. Uh, we don't owe them anything. And they're like, what? <laughs> it's like, ah. Do you not remember the eighth rule of acquisition? You should have read the small print. Now, I double check this. Oh, sorry. Ships, oh, yeah, yeah. The ship's inertial dampeners. Yourself. The ship's inertial dampeners <laughs> played up there. Um, the rules of acquisition. <gasps> yeah. This is a real rule of acquisition. The eighth rule of acquisition yeah. is small print leads to large risk. They did not check the small print when they sign the agreement because in the small print the planet that they must recruit is Kronos the <laughs> Klingon homeworld but they had already signed which made the entire thing null and void get on mm. you Freeman love absolutely bash them to which later and Rom drop the subterfuge drop the ruse where they're just like we've been testing you this whole time we don't want to be doing deals with rubes and suckers <laughs> and Rom eventually yeah. agrees to sign but the that, that's it they, they, they do it where it's basically been they were just having fun and they were trying to see how far they could go with it yeah but it's the fact that now that they've realized that there's actually people savvy enough to see through their you know tricks or whatever uh, they're going to actually sign the original agreement. And I got really excited because I was like, wow, this means that like for, the, the Ferengi have joined the Federation, which is massive, it's a massive insane. deal. Yeah. But this is, the, this is the first step. Like it's not, basically this is the initial kind of like, hey, beginning of negotiations, we've passed the first step and then there are other things coming. So it is, it, it's great. It's a massive sort of like jump in the law, I think. But yeah, it's not all the way yet. But it's is... it's the progress that the TNG world needed, because yeah. let's let's not forget like the whole point of Mike McCann's universe of where it is. It's like the world didn't stop when uh, Voyager ended. The world yeah. carried on. Things happened. This is the natural progress of, you know, this is five years after Nemesis. So it's like mm. the world was still changing. Yes, it was still recovering from the Dominion War, but things were still progressing even though we weren't here. So it's sort of a case of, again, like with, with special guests, they don't make a song and dance about it because they are there because yeah. they, they still exist in that world. 
like next week they might have Wolf, they might have fucking uh, Janeway come in. Do you know what I mean? But they're not going to make a song and dance about it because it's you know like, what I think they're going to have. I bet they're going to have. Um, why am I sorry? I'm so tired today that I can't remember the the holographic crooner from DS Nine. Um, uh, Vic Fontaine. I I bet Vic Fontaine because he's actually really involved in the uh, in the fan base. James Darren. I bet he's going to appear. James Darren is. I mean, if anyone's watched his episode on on the Shuttlepod show, like, fuck, what a crooner. See the thing is, I I I'm not particularly a fan of Vic Fontaine as in the character in DS Nine because I just go, I feel it, I feel he's a bit weird, like I don't think it fits in. But mm. then when you, you like listen to chats via Stephen Bear, he was planned from the start. They literally tried to put him in since season one, and you're like, that's crazy. Mm. But it's the fact of like listening to him on the Shuttlepod show and just being like, you knew everyone. Like, he's just sitting there just happily chatting about, oh, yeah, yeah, I was here with this person, and oh, then I met Elvis, and then I did this, and, you know, and, and it's it's what a life, man. And you, you don't quite take in that this random character in a couple of episodes of, like, the later DS9 is, wow. <laughs> you know, it's like it's like Bowie just being, like, sort of, like, Oh yeah, you kind of forget that Bowie did everything and was a massive star, and then he just appears randomly in an episode of like extras with Ricky Gervais. He did like, it all, what? like yeah, he did it all. But I mean, this was the same thing when we were we were discussing on uh, Discord um, on the Nerdy Up North Discord when because Chris has got to season two of the Next Generation and he's just like Whoopi Goldberg's in it, and we're like yeah, yeah. because she was a massive, massive Star Trek fan. Because of Ahura. Because of Ahura, it was on and on her in her house when she was younger. She was a huge Star Trek fan. She wanted to be on the Next Generation since it was commissioned. Mm. When she applied, because obviously they were doing a, they were creating ten forward and they wanted a, you know, like a bam and a bar lady, and she applied. They thought she was joking. They yeah. thought it was a wind up. They were like. Why would this major Hollywood star, which she was at the time, she was ginormous, absolutely huge at the time. Why yeah. would this person want to be on a porky little sci-fi show um, for, for Paramount or whatever channel yeah. it was at the time until she turned up for the audition and then she convinced Gene Roddenberry. She was like, I am a like, really serious Star Trek fan. So they created the role and then modified it around Whoopi Goldberg. And it's weird yeah. because it's like, yeah, there are serious people. It's like Star Wars. If you look at the, the, the random amount of famous people that have been in Star Wars, but not their face. Like they've been Stormtrooper. Like Daniel Craig was a Stormtrooper yeah. in The Force Awakens. And it's like, why would you put Daniel Craig? Because he was a fan and he didn't care he I just want Simon there. Pegg is in the Force Awakens. Yeah, he is. He is literally like a random monster, like uh, at the beginning, and you like in total prosthetics, and you're like, "That's Simon Pegg. Why are they not showing that it's Simon Pegg?" So it's like, <laughs> it's... it's it's like now with with the new with all the new Star Trek, it's like I'm very surprised that like famous people have not gone like, "Can I be a guest?" 
or stuff I like think that. They, they must do. I think they must. You must have loads of people asking to be part of it. And I think with stuff like Strange New Worlds, I wonder if they're going, no, let's just get mm. set up and then we'll do that. I, I have a feeling that like Strange New Worlds, there's loads of people that want to be on it and they're just like, hey, let's keep true to it. But but do you love it? It's like the interview for the Shuttlepod show when they had Tim Ross on and Tim Ross was going, I want to be on Star Trek. And he was desperately trying to get on. And his agent was like, don't do this. Like, here, take this massive lucrative like acting role. And he's like, no, no, Star Trek's casting. You know, and he's just going, you know, like it's, I mean, you know, we talk about it. The fact is we love to like appear as a background character it's, or something it's, in Star Trek. It is, it is a, I mean, it is when I... I went to Paramount Pictures over there and it was it was sort of like a pilgrimage because mm. you go you you are literally going to the it's like if um you know when people go to one of the studios in London for for Harry Potter it's like that's yeah. where it was made for me it was Paramount in Melrose in LA and you you have to when you walk through the gates um you have to touch the gate and say, I'm ready for my close-up, Mr. DeMille. Do you? You, you have to say it, because that will... <laughs> because never that, heard of this. Yeah, that will bring you good luck. I'm ready for my close-up, yeah. Mr. DeMille. You have, to, you have to say it, because it will, it will bring you good luck. If you don't, you may get bad luck, because Paramount Pictures is apparently one of the most haunted sets in L.A., because a wow. lot of people died there. Uh, it was built on... I think part of it was built on a burial ground as well. It's a lot of... yeah. But um, Mark, Mark, <laughs> so it's like let's build our picture yeah. studio on an ancient Indian Mark Actually, can, to be fair, most of America is an ancient Indian burial ground. Mark can mm. probably confirm that because his office was literally to the left of the gate, so he probably heard it near enough every day. But it was we should, we should actually ask him like if he's yeah. had any spooky things there. So being there, and it was more stage eight, eighteen, and fifteen. Because obviously every every stage has a plaque of what's being filmed there, what's being made, and anything of recognition. Yeah. To be at stage eight, where it's just like this is stage eight, the next generation, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, Enterprise, First Contact, Generations, Insurrection, and you just like this is literally where <laughs> the my wiggles. child, yeah, the wiggle, <laughs> um, you know, Days of Our Lives. This is like. <laughs> This is like where my childhood was made, mm. and it's there's something spiritual about it, and you can never like describe it. So, my new goal is to be like in some way or another be part of Star Trek, whether that's behind or a random gadgy walking on a planet or in a bar. I, I have to admit, I didn't expect you to come back to England because I fully expected you to go all fucking Phantom of the Opera in stage eight. Like, you know, like literally, you're in, there in the rafters with half so, a mask on. So stage, eight was, stage eight was locked. However, the Cheers <laughs> stage was open and I mm. actually got to stand on the very floor because they have never removed it. The very floor that the Cheers bar was built on. It is still there. I stood where Ted Danson, um, mm. where um, all of them, like yeah. Kelsey Grammer, where they all stood. It's crazy. And it's, it's, again, you look at it and you're like, holy shit. 
do you know what I mean? You, you really freak out. But <laughs> the goal, like when you think of like Whoopi Goldberg, yes, they had the ability. They wanted to do it. They pursued the dream. And it's like, it's a nice goal to have. And like, we do this. We make so many good friends with all people connected in Trek outside and inside. And he just like, all of our goals should be at least once be part of it in some way or another people do it in star yeah. wars why can't we do it for star trek christ i will just bring a cup of coffee to a set i will be i would die happy going yeah i was a runner on strange new world or i was in the bar scene of whatever star trek series comes later yeah. on and i'm just like that is a goal to have and i think being there cemented that and it was yeah. it was just it was because Mark himself he moved out from um, he moved out to LA exclusively to work on Star Trek. He wanted to work yeah. on Star Trek. He went and got a job at Paramount to work on Star Trek. That is like that is a dream for a lot of people, and it's a great one. And it's a great and that is that is now now that we are fortunate to have all these series. Thanks to Discovery, by the way. Mm-hmm. We're not going to disparage Discovery. They brought all this. We all potentially have the ability to do that. And mm-hmm. I, would, I would love to do that. If the filming is, if the filming of Star Trek series, I'm just going to send an email go, this is what we do. We love Star Trek. Can we just be a random fucking alien in the corner? Yeah. Do you need any untalented people? Do you need a goose? <laughs> <laughs> and I just like that's not a thing, and I'm just like too late. I'm already here. They're an offshoot of Miglimo's race. They are the Gisians. <laughs> They're not good therapists. You don't need to throw up in my mouth twice. Let's yeah. do it. Uh, what's There's the... a teaser. Okay, what, we need to finish this episode. We do because uh, we've got one more scene. We've got left. one scene to go. But what, uh, say what Lee's saying in the chat. Uh, Lee said, "I thought Star Trek made her a movie star because you didn't have movie stars going from movies to TV back then. Yeah. You didn't, but now it's a more common occurrence. Look at Steve, uh, Sylvester Stallone." Almost like films are dying. It's almost like no one's going to the cinema except Paul with the only ultimate card in the UK. The um... <laughs> they're just like you want an ultimate card. Hold on. Yeah, <laughs> here's one. Um, but yeah, so the last scene, obviously, they're back on the Cerritos. The trade negoc- mm. uh, the negotiations gone well. They've all returned from their uh, tours, also we think. And Ransom walks in and asks how everyone's trips were. Um, yeah. They didn't go well, um, but Rutherford <laughs> and Tendi are sort of like we realise we don't have any natural chemistry, and then immediately display natural chemistry by mounting each other in a Jeffrey's tube to to <laughs> fix some relay. Totally platonically. Totally platonically, definitely not humping. Um, but then they realise Boimler is missing. Where is he? So he contacts him, and Boimler for the last eight hours straight has been watching. Uh, will they, won't they? He's literally in in his underwear in a hotel bed, covered in like with mess everywhere. Oh, that was me He's last week. He's become a crazy hermit. That was me last week, covered in goo, wondering where I oh. was. <laughs> oh, daddy. Uh, oh, daddy. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> oh. Um, but yeah, they he admits he's been watching um, Frankie TV for eight hours straight. And he's like, I'm so sorry, I didn't do anything I was planning to do. And he's just like, oh, don't worry about it. You let yourself loose. However, I have uh, 
Hold on, hold on. Before and uh, but what we see is we see what he's watching yes. on TV, and it's will they, won't they? And we get to see a gay kiss between two Frankies, which is, I, I love, I love this. I love, I love how Lower Decks is just like fuck it, gay bisexual characters, fuck it, they're in track now, fuck off haters, you know. I and I love it, and I just because we get this kind of foreshadow a little bit that the Frangi don't give a shit about sexuality, like they're. For all of their problems, it's the fact that we do have an episode in, like, DS9 where it's a bit of a spoiler, but basically uh, Quark gets a new, like, barman, and the barman is incredibly savvy, and then it turns out, and you know, and they get incredibly close, and then they start going a bit too close, and then, you know, Quark's a bit like, oh, I have feelings for this person, and then it turns out that actually it's a, a female Ferengi in disguise, Pretending to be a bit like Mulaning it up uh, to basically be able to like have a job and profit and stuff. Look me in the eyes. And nobody kind of cares about the fact that it's two guys. Look me in the eyes and tell me that is not a Blackadder 2 reference. It probably is, to be fair. If they're referencing Garth Mrangi, it probably is. Like, that is my fit. I love how I've got that episode as quotes on my Twitch channel. It's a steady like, job. Like, yeah. Oh, please go on the game. It's a steady job. You don't you even have to leave. Home. You can work from home. Why travel all the way to London? Why walk all the way to London when you can make a fortune lying on your back? It's That is literally the cold open of the episode. And it is one of my favorite things in all of Blackadder. But that is a phenomenal episode of Blackadder 2. It's... Oh my god. I oh, anyway, anyway, we anyway, need to yeah. finish this episode. So the authorities barge through with the electric whip, which we haven't seen since the first series of TNG. I love it. It's the, the final in a whole episode, which has been bountiful with references to TNG. I think it's wonderful that we get the whip appears, which is one of the things where they're like, maybe we should stop the Frengies being monkeys with, like, electro-whips, <laughs> you know, but they're like, no, we're going to bring it back. Advance of Nexus Sluggle Caller. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I, do quite like that, you know, but remember, if you can remember the, the heady days of earlier this year when we were super excited about Picard Season 3, where Sluggo Cola get, got referenced, and we went absolutely nuts for it, because they're like, a DS9 reference in Star Trek. And then Lower Decks has just totally spoiled us with stuff. Like, they, Slogo Cola gets mentioned about nine times in this episode. And it's again, ludicrous. Paramount, why are you not making Slogo Cola? Can you imagine what it'd be like if you actually released Slimy Cola? <laughs> they could just flavour syrup. Oh, God. It'd be like Sunny D. Why are all the children dead? Hmm. Slimiest Cola in the galaxy. But anyway, guys... That was our extremely long review of episode six. Welcome back, Goodwill. Welcome back, me. Uh, that was our <laughs> review of episode six of Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Holy crap, it is good to be back. Um, I just want to go away now. Uh, <laughs> no, um, we've only got four episodes left of Lower Decks yeah. before the void of nothing new for a long time. Mm. But we've got plans in the pipeline, which we can't talk about. It's classified. Classified, um, yeah. classified. Uh, but other than that, next week on Saturday, October the fourteenth, after our seventh episode review, there is a tiny little event happening on the Nerdy Up North channel 
called a 24-hour charity stream in aid of Cancer Research UK. We are all going to die. <laughs> well, we we aren't necessarily because we're no, not going I'm to be resting. there for the full thing. Yeah, I'm resting. But we we are appearing. So what what we're getting is the Nerdy Up North crew, mainly uh, Paul and Sammy, and occasionally Jake, are going to be there for the whole day live on Twitch, and you can follow it from 10 a.m. on Saturday to 10 a.m. on Sunday. YouTube, isn't it? Not Twitch. Oh, is it? Yeah, yes, on YouTube. YouTube sorry. Uh, which is going to be a lot of fun and they're going to have a lot of segments in with a lot of guests so obviously there will be trek segments uh in two, the early morning two trek two, segments. two segments uh we get one in the uh the mid-afternoon i think three till five and then, and then three till five and then 2 a.m to 4 a.m yes because... with mark cartier oh don't tell them their guests don't tell them their guests Okay, well, we've got, we've forget got, that we've, I just said that. We, uh, it's, it's that. No, that wasn't Mark. It was, it was. Uh, uh, fuck. Uh, shit. To be uh, fair, if they're, if they're crazy Flark, enough, Flark to be up watching Tartier. us. And... There we go. It's Flark, Flark Tartier. Cartier. Flark Tartier. It's uh, Blue the, Berryman. The, 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 the non-union equivalent of Mark. Um, <laughs> but we will have. No, in all seriousness, we Mark is supporters. Obviously, we have other special guests, which. Um, we will announce which i would spoil if i hadn't forgotten we will announce <laughs> throughout the week um as well as other guests for other segments we will have retro gaming we will have a monsters up north segment we will have general debauchery we will have a quiz mm. we will have holy shit at the early mornings of sunday we are gonna have one hell of a duel which i will not reveal but it's happening, guys, and I ain't got to yeah. be there because I don't want the fucking backfire from that. But, uh... <laughs> and also, and also, there will be prizes to win throughout the whole thing. So by donating, you put yourself on the line to win some amazing prizes. And I'm not going to spoil any of them for you, but they are nerdy as shit, and they are wonderful. For those who are not in the UK, this is an aid for this is an aid of ca cancer research. I think they have cancer in other countries. No, but the <laughs> the charity is a UK based charity. But any donations would be appreciative and welcome. Mm. We have all been affected by cancer in some way or another, and this is our way of giving back to those people who have helped enrich and prolong the lives of our loved ones who have all been affected, and people, and even ourselves who have been affected by it. This is our way to show that cancer can get fucked. Yeah. Much like the yeah. Tories. Get to fuck. Get yeah. to fuck. Join uh, the Tories in hell, basically, yes. cancer. Uh, and Lee is right pointing out a very fracture. good thing in the chat, uh, which is basically that we won't be... I don't think we're going to be here next Friday. We're not going to be here next Friday. Uh, yeah, we're not going to be here next Friday because Monsters Up North are actually stealing this slot because it is Friday the 13th. They're going to do a special episode. This was agreed with Sammy, possibly without consulting you, so don't kill me. But okay. it means that basically because they wanted Friday the 13th, so what we can probably do is maybe steal Monster Slot? Hmm. Potentially we'll on the Monday, it. because we can then do the review of episode 7 on the Monday. Hmm. Do we have, will we have it on the Monday? No, the Monday oh, after. The Monday afterwards. Yeah. Okay, I was going to say. I was just like, what the fuck? I still don't. I, I still <laughs> don't have. I still don't have the ability to get screeners. I, I need mm. an email address of someone to contact at Paramount and beg them and plead with them to give a screener of access. So instead of us reviewing this 
a day before we've got at least a week to plan yeah. and to program and to write notes and to do all the promotions because at the moment we are doing it ad hoc as when you know when it comes out that's you when mean we... this isn't a well-oiled machine no this is well. this is adequate <laughs> this is you know but it gives us that time but we will i mean we can discuss it but we can probably take monsters slot on the monday after um but we we can discuss it i've been out of the loop shall we say mm. because i've been touring the colonies no that's it it's basically sammy asked me in in lieu of you being there and i totally forgot to actually bring it up but yes no because it is friday the 13th next week you will be getting a very special episode of monsters up north uh, and we will join you but we will be on the 24-hour stream and yeah we will have two slots that you can join us then and we'll probably be popping up in other segments during the day which should be quite fun but yes uh, definitely if you can spare a little bit of cash for Anything. the charity stream, it's the fact of every little helps because Anything. fuck cancer. Anything at all. Guys that know me, you know my story. There are other stories as well. We will be talking about that during the stream. But that is next Saturday, 14th of October, 10 a.m. BST. That's British Summertime. Okay. Is that what it stands for? British Summertime? British summertime. I never knew that because you know how great GMT is Greenwich Mean Time, and this you're like going, BST. "Oh, yeah, okay." But then when the clocks go, it'll be GMT. I've learned something new. Well, you see, every day is a learning day on trekking up north. <laughs> However, guys, if and I said this at the top of the hour, and I'm going to say it right now. If you liked this episode, smash that like button. If you love Nerdy Up North and are not a member, hit that subscribe button. Click on that bell. Every little tiny thing that you do helps us with the algorithm, helps us get out to more people. If you are listening to this on Spotify and iTunes, do what you need to do on there to like us, share us. They've missed, they've missed a lot of us just laughing. Just <laughs> laughing, like, yes. They'll just probably just the be snorting every now and then. The uh, he's become a pig. He's yeah. The we are we are on Spotify and iTunes. If uh, you want to know more about Nerdy Up North, if you want to see whatever else we do, we've got a YouTube channel which is full of amazing content. We have a Twitch channel. We are available on all social media platforms. We also that... have a website now. We we've got various websites, website, don't we? Isn't that another bit? Sammy's been setting that Ooh, up because she she's very talented, hasn't she? Really she's has. so talented. You can search Nerdy Up North on Google for the website. Links to everything that we do are down below. Our friends, Clone Star, Shuttle Pod, Captain's Quadrant. We have got uh, JL Sorry. We've got the lovely 55-foot Viking musician that is Adam. We've got a link to his music below. We've got the Velvet Snatch. We've got the Girl Podcast. Are you twitching tonight, Sonoys? I I'm actually not. I'm sorry, everyone. You I'm not son of a bitch. Because because yeah, well, basically, we have something to be doing tomorrow, don't we, Goodwill? And no. My, week, my no, weekend we is going to be absolute chaos. No, because I have had. I had a gig last night, which was very, very good and great, but I only got three hours sleep after it. Had to work a full day. Just literally got through the door home today to do this podcast. And then we have to get up early tomorrow for a wedding. The wonderful Donna is getting married, one of our Nerdy Up North crew. Uh, they are putting getting a ring on it, and this time oh. it's on the finger. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he's, he's missed <sighs> it's a terrible hoopla. <laughs> The, oh, aim, the, aim was, the aim was off slightly but uh, yes <laughs> this isn't the right finger for this hole anyway are. 
the I will be in my best Starfleet dress uniform because that's the only thing that fits me. Um, yes, the the lovely member of Nerdy Up North, Donna, is getting married to the founder CEO of SunnyCon, Mister. Isn't Tuckwell. it crazy? Very crazy. They are getting married tomorrow, so I, but I will not be drinking. I will be sober because mm. I have to drive. So I will be a good boy. I will have non-alcoholic beverages, unlike tonight. I'm. I'm annoyed because I, I have to miss the evening do. So I'm going to be there for the morning and the afternoon, but then I have to miss the evening do because I'm at Hartlepool Folk Festival this weekend, ah. and I'm performing uh, various bits on the Sunday. But I'm on the Sunday night. I'm hosting the uh, cabaret. And I did it last year, and surprisingly, they asked me back because I thought I made an absolute pig's ear of it. Uh, and I'm absolutely terrified. I'm genuinely terrified of doing this cabaret again. So because, you should. Yeah, it, yeah it's, it's, a, it's a tough one. And it's even though it's me and Theresa May, uh, May, I keep pronouncing it wrong, Theresa May doing bits of it. It's really difficult because the problem is it, the word is kind of chorizo, but then... Chorizo. It's meant to be Teresa because it's meant to reference Teresa, but then no one gives a fuck about a Tory who hasn't doesn't have any power anymore. So Do I'm like wondering power? whether it's become Teresa now. She didn't back then because she would have sorted fucking like you know stopped fucking Brexit if she had a spine. But anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> moving, on. moving on. But yeah, uh, yeah. So I'm doing that. So I'm not gonna. I can't be there for the whole thing, which is very upsetting. But then on Monday I will just die. I'm thinking. Oh, I'm thinking. I'm thinking Monday, I'm just going to settle down and just die. And then that'll make the rest of the week a bit easier, you know? And then we'll have to resurrect you for the charity stream. <laughs> just put some Slogo Cola on my grave. That's that's the 10 a.m. to the 11 a.m. slot of the charity stream is us uh, conducting a resurrection in the backyard of Sir Noise's home. So <laughs> expect a lot of chanting and gowns. Comment comment below with uh, what five items you would use to resurrect me in the ritual. And also comment below if you've seen the episode, what is your favourite part and why? Mm. But until the next time we see you guys, I want you all to stay safe, live long and prosper. Miles, you don't need to throw up in my mouth twice. <laughs> I wasn't finished, but that's time to end. That is time to end. <laughs> Holy shit, we're tired. Live long and prosper, everybody. Until the next time we see you, stay safe. Miles? Miles? <laughs>